Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Hey, podcasters and archivers, this is Brewcaster D. Throughout today's show, there are five clues that will lead you to the name of one beer. Guess the name right and send your answer to conical at thebrewingnetwork.com and you will register for a chance to win a conical fermenter in the BN's Conical Christmas. First one to send the right answer wins. So hurry, listen vigorously, and good luck. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Good evening and welcome to the Brewcast, everybody. It's another great Sunday night we got coming from the studio today, and Sean Paxton is our guest who's going to help us talk all about cooking with beer for the remainder of the show. And it's going to be a good time, everybody, so get out your notepads and, and ready to find out some information about how to cook your holiday meals with beer. Sean Paxton, how are you, brother? Doing great. Thanks, Justin. Glad to have you in the studio, and uh, you just did the FM show with us as well. I survived. And uh, now you're in, now you're on the real show. Woohoo! So you get to relax, you get to have beer, and you can tell O'Sullivan to F off if you want to. <laughs> it's uh, totally legal on this show. What's that, Sully? What? <laughs> Why do I have you off? I don't know. Uh-oh. Start over again. No, that's not good, because you're actually on, but you're off. Hmm. Mm. It's, it's a weird technical issue. Okay. Nothing, huh? Can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me now? Really? It's not working at all, is it? Uh, no. Okay. There's one next Well, you don't get to talk till after the first break, and uh, <laughs> you can eat food instead, and we'll uh, figure that out. That was weird. I got you up real loud and everything. All right. Well, no one wanted to hear what you had to say till after the first <laughs> break. So we'll just... Uh, the peanut gallery is now quiet. Wait till then. Don't forget, everybody, this is uh, your second week to register for our Brewing Network Conical Christmas, courtesy of Beer, Beer, and More Beer at morebeer.com and HCA Industries at H-C-A-I-N-D. And uh, we'll give you all the details for that, but you're going to have to stay tuned to register live. And then, of course, uh, you podcasters are going to have your chance to register, and uh, we'll do something similar to what we did last week. And then... 
that brings me to wanting to talk about our our podcast registrants and people who attempted uh, to do it uh, over the last show. Now, Daniela, uh, you did all of our clues I did. For, for last week's beer. And is there anybody in the studio, um, and by anybody I mean Sean or Paxton, because I think you guys would be the only ones who'd be able to get it, uh, who, who, who does not know what the beer was I was giving clues to last week? I could week? not figure it out. You didn't figure it out? I did. Did you hear the I clues, did. O'Sullivan? I heard all five of them. Uh, and I, cause I wanted, cause I wanted to try like it on the air work. with you guys. You know, actually I did hear him, but I'm uh, not Whoa. too- Whoa! Oh. Hi, Sean. Am I too loud? <laughs> no. Uh, I did hear him, but I, uh, uh, but you didn't I, guess. I, I, I'm, I'm dumb, so I, I, didn't guess I couldn't okay. guess. Okay, well that's not going to be any fun then. So uh, uh, I would I have never guessed the answer either. It was difficult, really. It really but was, we, actually. We made I didn't get it. I think that's the way it should work. be for yeah. the whole thing. So I was going to register. See, I thought it was difficult, one. but I got the answer really quickly. And because of that, uh, I want you folks at home to know you're going to have to be on top of your game. To win this, yes. this thing. Absolutely. I mean, I got it within, um, you know, I, I, it was a few hours. It wasn't as if it, the second I put out the podcast, somebody answered it. I mean, it wasn't until the following day. But a lot of you who participated at home sent in the answer to the trivia question, like, you know, four days later. And I'm uh, just going to tell you, you, you know, you got to listen quick and, and get your clues and, and put in your guesses. And we got a, quite a bit of wrong guesses. We did. But we also got a few right guesses. And, and, and Quite a few, so I know that it wasn't too difficult. Uh, that you know, some of you got it. And um, the first guest that came in was actually our winning guest. There wasn't a guest before the, the right answer. There were several wrong answers after that. But uh, our first one came in, and uh, and it was Jim who won it. And Jim, you know who you are. I've already sent you an email. Uh, but Jim, you had the the, the right uh, answer. I'm looking for my clues so that I can read the right ones. I'll read them to you at home just for fun in case you didn't play along with the podcast. Um, but here's the clues. And try again, O'Sullivan. Okay. Let's see. I what think you- I might have been intimidated by the German accent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and I'm going to do that one in English this time because there you. was one clue that we did in German. Exactly. I'll do them all in English. So the first clue was, and here's the deal. Uh, like I said, if you didn't participate in the podcast, is for last week's competition, and we're going to you know alter them weekly but what we did was give um five clues that all led to the name of of one beer and whoever got it first was our registrant and that was jim so the first clue is a european original west coast style okay okay so that's your first clue that narrowed it down the second clue is this one is not in its youth so it's aged it could be that it's aged but there's uh, several other things yeah. that it could be, but it's basically just that it's it's not in its youth. You know, it doesn't have to be. That's the, that's the fun thing about the clues is that they're not one dimensional, so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's an aged beer. Okay. Okay. Um, number third is before work, Doc will do this to you. <laughs> that's my favorite clue, by the way. Whoa. Okay, I have to think about that one. There's a lot of things that Doc could do to you. Yeah, well, think about what he does. I mean, uh, you know, you got to think about what Doc does for work and what he would do to you before he goes to work. Um, The fourth clue is this beer focuses on head. That's now, a good clue. It's a great clue. And I'm giving you folks at home, you know, some, some help here by going over this again because you need to think, uh, you know, more than one dimensionally, okay? 
Because saying that a beer focuses on head could mean a lot of things, you know. <laughs> uh, and the last clue was, uh, and you would need to go to your computer for this one, but this was a real solid clue that uh, you would have been able to figure out, was a forum user registered in October. Okay, so that's somebody's somebody's out there who's got this name, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's exactly. See, so you got that, and I think that that was the giveaway clue for a lot of people if they didn't get um, the first one. So, would you like to take any guesses whatsoever? Um, <clears throat> head, mm-hmm. Doctor Scott does to you before he works on you. Yeah, before work. Yeah. Um, it's not in its youth. Not in its youth. Think so. Start West with Doctor Scott. I think. What would Doc do to you before I think he, goes he would to work? numb you up? Ah, yes. Very good. Uh, Amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> he would not molest you. And uh, he no. let's see. Uh, what was the first one? The first clue was uh, a European original West Coast style. So that's just kind of referring to the style of beer that is. Don't worry about that one. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're right on with the Doc clue. Okay. And the next clue is that this one is not in its youth. Okay. Um, old numbskull. That's oh, it. Oh, that's, that's it. That's exactly right. Pull that one right out of my ass. I want to tell you that right now. So I'm just trying to help you folks at home who who got got some really kind of crazy answers that you sent in to me. Uh, that you need to think about the duality of some of the clues because while we say it's not in its youth, uh, we could be talking about the title just as much as whether or not it's an aged beer. And then of course talking about how uh, it focuses on head doesn't necessarily mean we're talking about the beer having Belgian lace or some great sort of head retention. It's a skull. So we're gonna change these things up oh, every yeah. week, and I'm just trying. I'm just trying to give some help. That's all. That and was awesome. I actually listened to the download, and uh, and it was you know you're listening along, and all suddenly Daniela comes in on her voice, and you know it's like this game show all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she did a good job. And the cool thing about it was that I got several notes that said, "Listen, I know I'm late, or I I don't know if I have the right answer." But I had a lot of fun playing the game. They thought it was real cool, That's cool. taking the clues, and and so we were happy about that. So yeah. how many people got it right? Uh, I don't know. A, a good, there were probably a good 10 or 15 right answers. Um, I do encourage you to participate in the podcast because I was surprised at how few people did. I mean, there was a lot, don't get me wrong, but compared to the, to the number of people that we know listen to the show, uh, not too many actually participated. So I guess what I'm saying is you got a good chance to win. Okay, so hang in there for all that. You're going to want to keep it up and uh, keep tuning in to the uh, you know live for our, our two ways to win, and then of course the podcast after that. Okay, quick announcements. Uh, go get your merch at the store now. The shirts are running out on a daily basis. I will not have more before the beginning of the year. So if you haven't gotten your shirt yet and you want it for Christmas, you got to go get it. Of course, the one hour boils there, John Palmer. And check that out, and sign up for our newsletter because we'll be putting out another one in just a you know a few weeks here for our, our December one. Okay, uh, Doc Scott just joined us in the studio. However, Doc, I don't know if that microphone's working. Try it. Nope. Okay, let me try one thing real quick, so I don't have to go to break, and let's see if I can make this one work. How about now? No. Nothing. Okay, that's definitely something in the uh, cabling, and I'll fix that at the break. So, Doc. Your punishment for being late is that you have to be silent. Because <laughs> I don't have a microphone that works for you. Looks <laughs> like i got to steal something from CBS this week when I go back there. All right. But uh, that's neither here nor there. And uh, don't tell CBS that I said that. Because huh? uh, <laughs> they're really nervous about me as it is. They never know what I'm going to do. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. It's that time in the show where we cover some feedback. It's a good thing we've got a lot to do today because I have a short feedback segment for you. 
One of the things is about clarifying the rules of the um, conical giveaway that we've been talking about. This person says, hey, Justin, I just got finished with the Stone Brewery Archive, and I must say I was pretty sad when it was over. I've been listening to it while at work um, on pretty much a mundane project. And the podcast ended. I spent the next couple of hours just staring at papers and getting no work accomplished, attempting to get that uh, F you, I'm drunk song out of my head, which we play at the breaks. Says, anyway, I'm sure there's been a winner for the podcast entry already, so I think I'm going to try my hand at the naming of the show part of the competition. I have a couple ideas, but I wanted to clarify the rules. Will you only accept one name entry per participant? Because I have a couple of ideas, and I want to make sure that I settle on the best one. Anyway, I look forward to next week's show. Okay. A very good question. You can enter as many names as you like. Exactly. Um, in fact, I'm going to read you some examples of the names that we've gotten so far so that you know what kind of names I think are stupid and uh, what kind of names are kind of funny, just to help you develop better names. But you can enter as many as you want because really the key behind the naming is the, of the show is that we need a great name that encompasses everything that we do and that really speaks about our show. So I don't want to limit your creativity in that. So don't hold back. Don't feel like once you enter, you can't enter your next big idea. Just keep sending them and you send them to conical at thebrewingnetwork.com. Which brings me to my next uh, uh, email that came through this week and the last bit of our feedback. Someone wanted to make sure that they spelt conical right because they got a returned email. Oh. Okay, so we're going to, I guess there, I guess, you know, there's a couple different ways maybe. Conical. We spell it C-O-N-I-C-A-L. It's on a website too, isn't it? Conical. No, it's not. It's not. I could put it there. Put it there. Yeah. Just to make sure. C-O-N-I-C-A-L at thebrewingnetwork.com. And that is conical at thebrewingnetwork.com. So a couple of people are spending it, spelling it with a C-L-E at the end, like popsicle kind of thing. And that didn't work. So conical at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, that'll get you to us. And that really is all the feedback that I had uh, uh, this week. There's a few other things come through. If I don't read your feedback, it's not because we don't like it. It's just sometimes, uh, you know, we don't want to repeat the same things. And we get a lot of nice things said to us every week. And I don't want to sit here and sound like uh, I only read the emails, people kissing our ass. So um, thank you for all the good words this week. And those are just the ones uh, that I picked. Okay. You want to hear some of the names that got sent in already? Sure. No. Are you kidding? Yeah. No. I'm not going to read you any of the ones that we're going to pick. I'm going to read you the bad ones. Sorry <laughs> if... Uh, if this is your name that you sent in, but uh, no. consider it as you help. send another one. Yeah, exactly. Consider it help. I'm not uh, making fun of you or your creativity. I'm helping guide you towards uh, at what least you want. what we're not looking for. Plus, it'll make you turn in another one. I will, though, first. You might win with. I do actually want to give my favorite one so far. And while I, while I say it's my favorite, it's not going to make it into the finals or anything. It's my favorite because it's really clever and hilarious, but it's not going to be the name of the show. So that's why I feel comfortable saying it. But uh, this one is called uh, Min at Wirt. It's my, it's my favorite name so far, that we would be Min at Wirt, like uh, you know the great Australian band Min at Work. Uh, so that's my favorite so far. However, I do apologize, listener, that will not make it into our qualifying round. But I give, I, I, I'd love to give you something just for your creativity because that's good. Uh, okay. We have a shirt to give away today, so go ahead. Okay. Okay. Things like this. 
the five o'clock show. Not gonna not gonna cut it. Not gonna make it into the final round. I mean, it pretty much already is like the five o'clock show, and I realize that it maybe it's genius in its simplicity, but it just doesn't it doesn't do it for me. It's not. Uh, it doesn't have enough. Uh, it's got to have a little pizzazz. Right. It's because of the song. I mean, that's what the song sure. is called, right? Yeah. It's called Five O'clock, and I like that. You know, I love the song. Pusher Sven. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's not going to be called the Pusher Sven so, uh, show either. <laughs> uh, okay. So a couple things like that. Let's see. What else do I got here? Brew news and clues. Okay. I think that person only listened to one show. And then came up with the name. And that's okay. I'm just telling you that it's not going to work. Uh, because we're not like giving, you know. It's not all encompassing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate that. You've got all the vocabulary tonight. I don't. Yeah, I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> you will be. We have good beer here. Yeah, Sean's uh, plying me with beer and food already. <laughs> Sorry. The Sunday Beer La Palooza. Not going to work, and I'll tell you why. Because I can't pronounce it. Because Daniela could never <laughs> say that. Also, because other things are named. If 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 any if it has any things that that could refer to other events like Lollapalooza or something, I'm not going to use it. Even though it's a clever play on words, it's just a little too closely related to something else, and I feel like we'd be ripping those things off. Isn't there a homebrew contest named Beer Palooza? There probably is. Yeah, or so. yeah. Or at least a, a beer fest. The same goes for Sunday Night Live. Very catchy name. A lot of ring to it. I like the idea, but it's too... I feel like we're thieving from the, the great Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And, and, and and by the way, we're nowhere in the realm of Saturday Night Live because uh, they're actually funny. Except for that one season. Except for that one season, Sean O'Sullivan says. And that's true. Yeah. Drunk Bastards came through. And while that might be the name that fits us very well... It leaves Daniela out. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a little too clear-cut. Yeah, it doesn't hide behind anything. And rather be a little It would be hard booking guests on a show called Drunk Bastards, too. <laughs> you got a thing of that, you yeah, know. It's true. So with all those being said, I, I got a ton of names this week, and, I, and that's what I really want. And so I've only read you, what, four or five, so know that a lot of you are doing great work and sending in a lot of good names. So keep it up. And that's just some ideas of what I'm looking for so it might help you. And again, send your name to conical at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can send as many as you want. And at the end of the whole thing, on the 10th, we are going to uh, narrow it down to five that we like best. And all five of the people who sent those names in will be registered to win one of the two conicals, courtesy of Beer, Beer, and More Beer and HCA Industries. All right, so that is the lowdown on that. Okay? Any questions from anybody in the studio? Anybody in the peanut gallery? No. With that being said, it's time for Daniela's World. Vigorosa. With my mouth full of beer cheese. Is that what you're eating? Oh, oh man, it's awesome. All right. Today I'm giving you a top 10 of my personal favorite world beer records. They're really pretty amazing. Number one, strongest beer in the world. We all know that Sam Adams Utopia's 24% alcohol by volume. Number two, the strongest fruit beer in the world. Sean O'Sullivan, you know that one? Uh, he can't tell me. I can't talk because of the... The Dogfish had uh, Ford with over 18% alcohol as a fruit beer. It's raspberry beer. What's it called? Uh, dogfish had Fort. Fort. Forte? Mm-hmm. Is there an E on the end? No E. Hmm. Okay. Maybe I just didn't copy the E. It's not fart. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> There's an O. It's definitely an O. 
check out the website. What if there was it. a beer just named quite simply Fart? <laughs> that's yeah, a Sunday show should be named <laughs> Fart. You're right, O'Sullivan. Number three, the first beer museum ever opened in the world is in Pilsen, where the great Pilsner Urquell comes from, was opened in 1958, still running. Really? Mm-hmm. What's in the beer museum? I don't know. Probably everything about Pilsner Urquell, I would estimate. <laughs> yeah, if it's a pil- they don't even they don't even talk about other beers. <laughs> no. It's just all Pilsner Urquell uh, paraphernalia from <laughs> <laughs> the early days. Yeah. I like number four. It's the longest working bartender. His name is Angelo Camarata. He's from Pittsburgh, and he has been a bartender for seventy-one years now. Really? He started bartending when a pint of beer still was ten cents. Wow. He's an angry man nowadays. <laughs> I'm gonna say that right now. <laughs> the largest, and he's still working, huh? Yeah, he's still working. Uh, does it say what bar in Pittsburgh? No, it didn't say, unfortunately. But I'm definitely going to do research. That's just cool. Wow. I'm going to go when he bar. started. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he wasn't even 21. He wasn't even. Probably didn't matter then. <laughs> How many? He started somewhere in the, what 30s, late 30s. How many? Did you say 70 years? 71 so, years. I don't even want to be alive that long. <laughs> you you would if you were like, slinging beer all day. <laughs> Maybe so. If you were that close to beer, you'd want to live that. It's long. his fountain of youth. I wonder how heavily he drinks. Yeah, me too. Our roommate told me that when I uh, read him uh, those records, he yeah. told me that there is a bar close by to where we live, and they have a bartender who looks at least as old, and he's been around forever there too. So you got to check it out. Yeah, I like old bartenders. Yeah, it's just something classy. I feel like they're gonna like. Lose their <laughs> bowels while they're back there or something. <laughs> Number five, the largest beer bottle collection is in possession of Mr. Ron Werner in the United States of America. He possesses 11,644 different beer bottles, 7,128 still unopened. What is wrong with him? <laughs> he just likes bottles, I guess. What a douchebag. Is it good? Like, for, like, for one, where do you keep all that? <laughs> That's what I ask myself, too. His house must be and huge. And their bottles are not cans, like no, the 24-pack? You know, it's like, oh, all of a sudden, boom. Well, yeah. it's sad bottles, so... Different bottles. And I wonder if he does the thing... Because you said he's got a whole bunch that aren't even open. Right. If he does like, though, I just ran out of beer in the fridge, I'm going to go ahead and dip into my collection. And he just, like, <laughs> fr- you know, fridges some of them and drinks them. I highly doubt you could drink any of that stuff still. What's the point? <laughs> I mean, I can understand a few, you know, different ones that you know you'd want to keep around, but that's a... I mean, well, that's the American spirit. You just don't want a few. You want to be the best at it. He probably still drinks <laughs> yes. Bud. I am the best bottle collector. <laughs> Bud Good Light. for you. Yeah, Bud Light's his favorite, though. You Number six goals. is my favorite because of Sean O'Sullivan. It's the largest aluminum drink can in the world. It was a reproduction of a Guinness can in Australia in 1999. It was 14 feet, 9 inches tall. Really? Yes. And uh, where is it? That's a big can. And it could hold 7,625 pints of beer. Wow. No kidding. That is a big can. Maybe you want to think about something like that, Sean. Where is that? That was just done for a festival in Australia. Uh, Definitely get the end of that, the big can, the big can of watermelon wheat. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. How many watermelons is that? Take? And how do, you, do they? Ju- is, is like how do they <laughs> open the top duck. of it? Like, is it a pop top? Yeah, really. You It'd know, be a big church key otherwise. Yeah, a big straw. <laughs> you need a crane just to pop the the that poor guy who's seventy one years old still serving. <laughs> doing he's, yeah, he's got that would put him down. He would die. Yeah, that's the end of his career, right there. Number seven is the fastest beer bottle opening in the world. Alois Unertl from Munich, he opened 300 bottles of beer in one minute and 47 seconds. Woo! What? Yes. And that actually was on TV, so you could witness him do it. 
I'm still thinking about the can. I hope they recycle that thing. I mean, that's a, you could build like a, a Prius out of that aluminum can. <laughs> yeah, Sean. Uh, it's probably in a museum. All right, now I can move on to this guy. So how many did he open? 300 bottles of beer. And that's not your twisty or American twisties. That's no. real, real corks on there. 300 and how many? One minute and 47 seconds. That's ridiculous. That, you, that's impossible. He did it on TV. There was a show in Germany a few years ago called the Guinness Show of World Records. And people <laughs> would go there. <laughs> what? No, they had it on here, too. Yeah, it wasn't it was just here. in Germany. That's expensive training, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, well, how did he I learn mean, to do that? How do you have 300 beers just sitting around? Okay, no, we'll he's a brewmaster, so, Obviously. I mean, I guess he has the access. Did you see that sure program? I didn't, I didn't see it personally. My, my grandfather did. Somebody go to YouTube and find the link of that guy doing that, because that, I mean, he's like the Edward Scissorhands of beer opening. There's no way he did that with just a regular pop top. Yeah, but more know? to the point, what do they do with all the beer afterward? Yeah, good question. And does he, does, does, you know, does he knock them over? Yeah, are they just falling? Is there... Just we, yeah, we need to see that. Video. Something's fishy about that <laughs> one. Alois did it. All right. What? 300 bottles. Alois, that's the name of the guy who did it. Alice? Alois. Alloy, like the aluminum alloy. Number eight. The beer bar with the largest selection in the world is apparently the Bricks Keller in Washington, D.C. Ah, they have a selection of one thousand over 1,070 different beers. Really? Yes. Wow. And I was just wondering, how do you keep so many beers around? How do you do that? Just Not just storage-wise, but also that they keep, that are good, you know? Yeah. Fresh. Yeah. Impressive. So you've been there, Sean? I want to yeah. go, too. Yeah, I've been to that place. Great place. They do beer dinners all the time. Uh, uh, really nice stop. So. Bud Light's on tap, right? It's on tap. It's like <laughs> 65 taps there. Yeah. Of Bud Light? No. There's actually another beer bar that we went to when, we, uh, when Stephanie and I were back in Brussels uh, called the Delirium Cafe that has a lot, too. They have this big beer Bible, and you sit down in this huge tomb, and you have to open it up and try to figure out what you're going to get. Really? Beer all over the world is amazing. So you always wonder about places like that and how they make it work. Yeah. Do you ever go to the Culminator in Antwerp? No, never been to the Culminator. They have about 500 in bottle, and there's also the appropriate glassware, which, uh, again, it starts to really exponentially get bigger and bigger. Yeah. See, the problem with places like that for me, especially when they're uh, in vacation places that you want to go and see the sights, like like in Europe, is that I wouldn't want to leave that bar. Yeah, that's four hours <laughs> and, of your day right Yeah, there. and I'd be fine. And that's I just would, to pick the first beer, because yeah. let me tell you, that four-inch binder that you're flipping through, almost everything there you want. See? And I'd be happy while I was there, and I would feel like I, I really had a fulfilling vacation until I came home, and then I'd realize that I didn't see anything that I could could have seen except for the 500 could have just stayed at home yeah. or you'd be more upset that you didn't make it farther into that big binder yeah that's a good point <laughs> all, the, all those beers you didn't get to try yeah that might bother me and then the it's finding your hotel room afterwards yeah i'll see there's a lot of problems with places like that oh yeah People in the chat room are saying you're so angry at this beer bottle opening guy that we should have him on a show. Yeah, I, they're, you know what? Our listeners are smart and, uh, they and the 71 year old guy or whatever. Have them both on the show. Yeah. I wonder Don't how many bottles out. the 71 year old can open. I'm still working on it. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> this is not how they use it. How many has he opened in his life? Oh, oh now that's a good there question. Oh, no, yeah, that is a good question. I'll see him when I'm in Munich. Wonder how many one night stands he's had. <laughs> Why? Well, you're a bartender, you know. It's kind of late, yeah. you know. They got their beer goggles on too. Exactly. Uh, you used to be a bartender. 
Well, you see where I'm coming from. <laughs> All right. <laughs> number n- number nine, drinking the most beer in five minutes. A Brit um, accomplished that, Eric Lean, yeah. and he drank 7.75 Imperial Pints in five minutes. Really? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'd like to see the size of that douche. And uh, our roommate told me that it's only a record if you don't puke afterwards, so he, oh, yeah. he didn't puke afterwards, apparently, and that's pretty good. Yeah, that's the rules of chugging in general. If you're having, like, even if, if Sully and I were to have a chug right now, if either one of us were to spit up, disqualified. That's the law of chugging. You really know about this. <laughs> I went to college. <laughs> you were a bartender. <laughs> and then number 10, my personal favorite one because I've spent like um, probably eight years in that place. Yeah. The biggest beer garden in the world is the Augustiner Beer Garden in Munich and it seats 5,200 people. Wow. And I'm telling you guys in summer, during the summer months in Munich between June and September probably, this beer garden is filled up every single night of the week. Really? It's an amazing We're party going. there. Ah, see, that's great. That's my world today. All right, hey. Daniela's world, vigorously. Somebody's shit-faced in where? Goyland. Heute ist Schützenfest. You remember a shooting festival? Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right. Tell you what, folks, we got a good show coming up for you. Uh, I'm going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to start our first registration for the Conical Giveaway. And I'll tell you about that when we get back from the break. Uh, also, we got Sean Paxton here, who is the homebrew chef, and he's going to teach us how to cook our holiday meals uh, with good beer. And we're going to be tasting some of it, and he's going to give you tips, and we're going to geek out about beer and food for the rest of the show. Plus, two ways to win on today's Conical Registration. You're tuned to the Brewcast. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Coming this Christmas. It began life in the very bowels of the earth. A ferrous chromium alloy melted in an electric furnace at temperatures exceeding 1300 degrees Celsius. It has nearly 80 millimeters of sanitary welds. Tensile strength, 579 megapascals. A milliliter capacity of more than 46,000. Its lid seals with a superhuman ethylene propylene dyeing monomer gasket. Its racking arm rotating. Its dump valve full port. Yeast and tube collect down a slope of precisely 60 degrees. Standing more than 30 American inches tall. It's the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas Giveaway. Sponsored by Beer, Beer and More Beer at morebeer.com. And HCA Industries at hcaind.com. Listen now through December 10th for your chance to register to win one of two B3 Conical Fermenters on the Brewing Network. Hi, people. This is Brewcaster D again. Your first clue is where you sleep. Where you sleep. 
back to the Brewcaster. The Brewcaster. On the Brewing Network. Welcome back, boys and girls. It's the Brewcast. we got Sean Paxton with us. Going to talk cooking with beer here in just a minute. And register somebody first. Check your microphone again here, Sully. Let's see if that sucker's working now. Huh? Right, can you hear me now? There we go. Can you hear me now? Piece of cake. Fantastic. It's that $5 cable I bought. You bought that. <laughs> it's lasted a year, so uh, <laughs> that's not bad. Five bucks. Five dollars. I think I even got a lifetime warranty on it, so I can take it back, and they'll give me a new one. There you go. What you one thing you did in your warranty? life? Hey, when it comes to being frugal and poor, I'm smart about that. You're both of them. Yeah. You are both of them. Their phone's ringing already. I have a lot of tech problems today. We're hanging up on people. Hopefully it works for our giveaway. Here's how uh, one of the ways that we're going to give away a registration today. Give it away, give it away, give it away. We're going to do the beer clue game on the air. All right? So throughout the show, I'm going to give you four clues. All right? I'm going to give you the first one now. So uh, lest there be any confusion, if you're a podcast listener, this is not your clue. All right? This is not... Live listener only. Your clue. But if you're tuned live right now, this will be your first clue of four... The first person to call in with the name of the right beer at any time throughout the show that you get it, first person to call in with the name of the correct beer will be registered to win the conical. Okay? We got uh, got all that down. Is that how we decided to do it, Daniela? Is the first person to call in, right? And we figured w- with the right answer? Exactly. Uh, let me turn you on. Exactly. The person needs to call in. No Skype, right? Just a call. No Skype. And the only reason with the Skype is it's just been weird lately, and I don't want to cut off listeners. So 888-401-BEER is the phone number. We're going to give clues throughout the show. Here's your first one. We're talking about a specific beer. You're going to need to give us the name of the company and the name of the beer that the company brews. Okay? That will be the correct answer. All right? Very black and white. Your first clue is... This one has good balance, even up high. Ooh. This one has good balance, even up high. That's your first clue. So uh, we'll be giving away three more throughout the show. First person to call in with the correct beer uh, beer is 888-401-BEER, and uh, you will be registered, one of our registrants today. Did you announce that everybody only gets one shot? You cannot call in 7 or 12 times and try to guess? Yeah, don't just call and like tell us every <laughs> beer name you've ever heard of, uh, hoping that it's going to be the right one. Well, they got one guess. Make an educated guess and, uh, and, and call up and give us that, all right? One guess per call. And don't change your voice, all right? Don't call up one time and say, it's just, it's, this one's Georgette. Yeah, don't trick me. I'm here. All right. <laughs> Let's just have the significant other call. Augie, you're excluded from... Uh, Is it Budweiser? Hey, you know what I wanted to talk about real quick before we go on with the food dealie? What? Our own John Plissé. Yeah? Yeah, I think he was announced to being the brewer, home brewer of the year. What's the competition? Was Did someone say that they, they made the oh, announcement? Somebody in the chat room told me, yeah. So yes, Stern Grove was yesterday. Okay. And so John Plissé is now the home brewer Looks of like, the year? Yeah. California home brewer. Is that what it's California? Yeah. Okay. Correct. 
It's not a it's national thing. That's more than pretty it's good. Awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. It's not surprising. We kind of knew because he had so many points, he blew everybody out of the water. Long so it wasn't time, even long time ago. Wasn't even close. Yeah, he, he just had so many points going in, even the last competition that it was just. Amazing. Is that a big medal? Hey, is, is that he? larger what than your regular here? medal? He, he is it larger than my head? <laughs> is it oh, is yeah. a medal as large as O'Sullivan's head? For, uh, Nothing's that big. Man. Yeah, so. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for a little help on that one, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I did help him. I'll give you a little insight here uh, into, into Sully's life. The funniest thing I've heard O'Sullivan say in a long time. Uh, we're at the Barrel Age Beer Festival yesterday, and we're all always throwing Sully under the bus. I don't know what it is about him, but it is as easy to do, and we're always making fun of him, and so much so that even Stephanie uh, makes fun of him all the time, you know, his, his girlfriend. And, and and we're all doing it, and Stephanie's chiming right in, and, and, and poor Sully looks at her and goes, and goes, just for a minute, could you pretend that you like me? Like, <laughs> just for a minute. As we're all standing around doing it. Ripping on <laughs> And uh, that's, uh, that's good old-fashioned uh, Sullivan life right there. <laughs> I love you all. All right, I've got John Foster on the phone who wants to talk about a giveaway that he was setting up. John Foster, how are you, sir? I'm just fine. How are you today? We're doing great. Just John, if you, if you don't know, uh, set up the Doktoberfest shirts yep. and, uh, and and printed out those for us. And he's also done some shirts for Sean, and that was part of this giveaway. What's the deal going well, on the, here? The giveaway for the, um, for the Barrel Age Festival yesterday was if you found me at the festival and came up to me and said, give me a conical. I wouldn't give you a conical, but I would <laughs> give you a watermelon funk T-shirt. Oh, cool. That, that I made in honor of Sean O'Sullivan awesome and shirt. Vinny making, cool. uh, making uh, watermelon funk beer. Right. And did anybody, and you posted that in the forum? Yeah, I posted it in the forum thinking that you know there'd be at least one person that would find me. And and how did it go? It well, Daniela found me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's a better than you could have hoped for, right? Well, you know, I'm thinking like you know, Daniela comes up to me and says, "Give me a conical." I'm like, I don't have a conical. Ah, uh, you forgot oh, about I it yourself. Have a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so I got two shirts then, one for you. Okay. Because it's too big for me. Thank you. But you still owe me one, John. Right? I'm still. I'm gonna. I'm making the uh, the the. Uh, girl size shirts for Stephanie and me. Yeah. Okay. And, and what are we going to do with the other one? We well, give the other away? one is a, is a giveaway for the Brewing Network. All right. How do we want to give it away? I don't know. Uh, how about stump the brewer? To stump the brewer? Let's do it. The only stump brewer the in here is Sully. Oh, oh no, Sean Paxson's a home brewer. Oh, I am a home brewer. Stump the home brewer. We can do that. And you've and been man, brewer, and how long have you been home brewer? brewer? Thirteen years or some ridiculous thing. Thirteen years. Wow. Man, oh man. You were like what, fifty when you started? <laughs> Fifty-two. Oh, gotcha. What's it up with you? They're throwing Sean's under the bus the whole time. Right? I know, Another Sean shows up, and it's like, let's just throw him under the bus. Yeah. Something about the name. It just uh, it begs it. <laughs> mean. All right. Let Break me clear you. up the line. Then we'll do Stump the Brewer. Good choice. Okay. So I have one last thing to say. Is I'm I'm working on sketches for the. Uh, Doc T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, man! I can't wait till 2007. We can get this uh, Doc Month thing out of the way. <laughs> well, you know, you How many more months tell? You do know that Docuary is two months long. <laughs> Docuary. That's <laughs> true. It is, but it sounds so bad that I won't put, even put it on the radio. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, thank you, John Foster. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Bye. John.
good guy. No, he's and, cool. And he's very helpful. He did the uh, webcam at the anniversary show for you folks. Uh, he's helped us out like, uh, with the Doctoberfest. Uh, now, now, of course, uh, Doc Sember. And um, <laughs> really a, a very nice guy. He, he, he's a lot of help and he's and a lot of fun. fun to drink with. He's a lot of fun to drink with. Yeah. Uh, he'll he'll stay up with you. In fact, it was uh, John Foster and Doc uh, that uh, led us into the midnight hours at Doctoberfest. Yeah, yeah, we were the last ones up. And then when I came crawling back in the house, I went out to sleep in my car and I came crawling back in the house and he was just lights out on the couch. Yeah. No duct tape around the other. <laughs> no, I was too tired that night to uh, duct tape anybody to anything. So, um, <laughs> all right. So I hope you guys all got your first clue. You're going to need to uh, hang in there. Uh, you can now do a Stump the Brewer, I guess, between now and the end of the show. We won't wait till the end. If you got a Stump the Brewer uh, for, for Sean Paxton. This could be about oh, food, too. And we'll give away a yeah, Food questions. Yeah, there we, we go. do food, too. Okay, hang on. Let me turn you on there. Go ahead. Sean O'Sullivan, can you feed me, please? <laughs> it's too far away. Okay, hang on. <laughs> uh, what do you guys got? Let's start there, okay? The what whole chat room just went, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's happening? Uh, what kind of food? Uh, is this our first course we're already starting with? First course. Yeah, I guess it is. Uh, cheese, cheese and, and appetizer. Uh, cheese and beer. Okay. Um, we're having a couple different cheeses. We got uh, a nice um, Chimay Grand Reserve uh, cheese that's out of Ch- Chimay. It's um, really quite nice. It's uh, been, the rind's been rinsed in Chimay, uh, the Grand Reserve. Uh, we have a nice cheddar with a nice uh, Guinness mixed into it, so it's kind of marbled looking. And then we also have a wonderful uh, cheese that's local. It's a uh, Calgo Creamery outside uh, Point Ray Station. And they have, uh, it's the Mount Tam, which is the triple cream. Okay. So all kind of fun, different textures, flavors. Uh, we have some toasted nuts. We got some pomegranate seeds. We got a pumpkin honey to go with that and also a lemon bar. So it's like a lemon kind of a paste you can have with your cheese. So. Okay. Nice. And so what's the deal with the cheese and, and beer then? Let's start there because they they make a great companion and I want to know how to pair good beer with good cheese because I, I, I don't think you just pick beer at random. Well, you can. And, I mean, experiment, you know. We just talked about this on the FM show, you know, and the idea of just, you know, anytime you taste a beer, think about what's going to go well with it, um, whether it's cheese, whether it's fish, whether it's chocolate, cigar. I mean, they all have their own place. Um, when you think about cheese, you know, everybody thinks wine and cheese and, you know, with the Napa Valley and the Sonoma Valley so close, everybody yeah. thinks that. Um, I actually tend to like uh, beer a lot better because, one, it has carbonation. That helps kind of cleanse your palate, your tongue. So it's a little bit easier to eat the fat, um, as well as to to think about the different cheeses. I mean, you know, you have your Stiltons, the nice sharp, you know, blues. You have more your Breeze, your triple creams that are real rich, yeah. um, full bodied. You know, you have your Cheddars, you have your Emmentalers. You know, you have your Swisses. You have goat cheese, I mean, all different kinds. And so each cheese is going to have kind of its own beer, but, you know, Pilsners. Um, I actually have a beer that I I know it's in the other room, yeah. um, the Rose from uh, Hair of the Dog Brewery. Okay. Uh, it's really great with cheese because it has uh, hibiscus and beet juice in it. Oh, nice. But it's basically a triple underneath it all. Okay. Really quite nice. Um, really goes well with food. You know, a lot of um, beers that actually are starting to, you know, with that craft beer movement, going on that are using more and more different food ingredients in their beers it kind of makes it kind of fun yeah that you whole know. craft beer movement thing that's been going on it's a weird thing yeah, yeah. Just maybe you heard of it starting it's yeah. just starting. it's just a fad <laughs> i don't know if watermelon wheat would go well but you know <laughs> doc you should make no, goat cheese 
You got, you got the goats. Dude, I make goat cheese. You should make goat cheese. It's easy. You come over and milk them for me? Whoa. I'm not, I'm not touching those things. But I want to uh, see dog milk a goat. In fact, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like a short film of that. <laughs> so what do you do with these goats? I mean, what, you just eat them afterwards? Or? No, I just they basically just try to keep them out of the house. <laughs> oh, okay. I've not even seen. Your goats don't even have teats, do they? <laughs> Never went there. Actually, come on, you the boy goat probably, you know. He's got one big teat. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I never saw any teats hanging down from the other goat, though. Uh, didn't look. Haven't gone that far. See, maybe they only, do they only, like, who knows about goats? They only, like, fill up at certain times, <laughs> and then you can see them? Like, you can't just go milking it every day. Uh, I think well, once you start. There's, there's certain types of goats that are, are milk goats, and you almost have to milk them every day. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, but they can't, like, uh, certain cows, like, if you don't actually milk them, they explode. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I like to see that. Oh, now, now, just the uh, the teat area explodes, or like the whole cow? <laughs> the udder? I just have not udder. looked on YouTube to find that video. No, I don't Check, know. Send me the link. <laughs> I want the link. I uh-huh. want proof in the video link format. Me. I want to see an exploding teat. <laughs> well, the Disgusting. Uh, cheese makers, like when I was in Italy, um, watching them make cheese, uh, they were talking, and they work seven days a week, and they don't really get vacations, don't get days off, because the cows never really stop producing milk. Right. That's rough. And if they do, they're out of business. Yeah, you go yeah. away. If, uh, you go to Hawaii oh. on that trip. You come back to a real big mess. Ooh, it's like oh. just teat parts all over the place. <laughs> Honey, what happened outside? Where's the cows? Well, there's part of it right there, and we got it on video. Hell, another one exploded. Eight 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 four zero one beers our number. If you want to ask any questions, of course you can join Daniela in the chat room and do it that way. I do have a question that's come through from the chat for you, Paxton, uh, that wants to know if you like Cy- Cypress Grove. Midnight Moon cheese. Have you have you had that? I've not had the Midnight Moon. Um, they do a wonderful uh, purple haze that is really quite nice with uh, fennel pollen and a few other things in there. It's really quite nice. Um, they also do a great. Um, Oh, what's that one? Humble Fog, which that has the awesome. layer of the ash in there, which is just beautiful. Now, um, is this a cheese that people can get elsewhere, or? Yeah, um, any of your fine cheese uh, shops usually will have the the Cypress Grove. They okay. um, they're up in McKinleyville, outside of Eureka Arcade, up that way. But you think they export out to California? Is I guess what I'm getting. Oh, at. all throughout California. Yeah, they're actually they're as far as goat cheese is concerned. Laura Chanel, which she kind of helped start bringing goat cheese back to uh, the mainstream culinary thing. But uh, Cypress Grove is really doing a great job. Okay. Yeah, they've got a caller as a correction for us. Is that what's Uh-oh. going on here? Caller, you're on the air. What's happening? Oh God, you guys are morons. Oh, hey, Bob. <laughs> leave Bob. it to Bob. First of all, I don't want to get too scientific because that's just not good radio. Not wait, 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 before you, before you continue, I already know that it's the teat conversation that drove Bub to calling in. I got a call and in. And he's like, oh, they know nothing about teats. Oh, I'm here in the Midwest. Go my, ahead, go ahead. Bub. My dad was a veterinarian, so. Okay, so you've seen all, your share you of teats. don't get milk until you breed the goat. Exactly. So unless yeah. Doc's been working overtime, uh, I didn't want to go. <laughs> I didn't want to go to that extreme because then Justin would have jumped all over uh, over that. Yeah, so. I would have wanted to know first. Are you going to breed? Like see, th- see, this is why I didn't want to start that. <laughs> You're going radio. to, aren't you? Oh, yeah. oh I'm, no, I'm in there. Won't. And uh, and second of all, they won't explode. They'll be quite uncomfortable. But just like your wife, when she uh, they leak a little, out a baby. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if they're not used, they just uh, shut down and uh, stop working. Are you sure? Because everyone here seems pretty convinced that they were going to explode. 
Now, they won't explode. In fact, the reason that they have to milk them every day is because if they stop milking them for a day, first of all, the cows will be pissed because it'll be sore and all, you know. They will be swollen and whatnot, but they'll stop giving milk until you get them knocked up again, until they actually have the calf, or in the case of a goat, a kid. Then, uh, so you gotta wait, you know, (laughs) a year until you get milk out of them again. They're not producing for you. And it's all economics, baby. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the lowdown on teats. And Mort, if he would have called up, he would have been all over your shit for that. See, I want to do a whole show on on this guy Mort. What I saw Mort his picture. Mort and Milt rock. Okay. First of all, What's here's the deal with Mort. And do you know anything about Mort and Milt O'Sullivan? I can't. There's I can really, one guy. I got to contain myself because I could really go on for a while about this. Mort, if you're listening, I want you to call in. So Mort is a new forum user. He's and the guy with the, the numbskull that we used in the contest. He's numbskull. He, exactly. Okay. He's the forum user that registered that I used as the hint. And I was convinced, and I still don't know what the deal is, but I was convinced for his first ten posts that he was a made-up, he was an imaginary figure of one of our goofball users, like Crotch Rot or Bub. All right? <laughs> that wasn't me. Because the guy is just, he's too good to be true. Uh, he's really, he's like the... He's the character in the movie that is used to epitomize white backcountry folk. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think that in a really positive way. In a positive way. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking banjo music when this guy walks. <laughs> and and more, I, I love you. I think that you are a piece of radio gold, and I would really like to have you call in someday. Mort's Mort got family issues, if I recall. What does that mean? mean? Like his brother and, and yeah, sister? Oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, no, he's, uh, he can't. Father-in-law's like uh, on his, his uncle? last legs or something. Oh, I so. see. Does oh, he have a phone? I'm sorry about that. But Milt, if you're listening, you're his brother. So uh, Milt and Mort. You're a, you're Milt a, and Mort. Oh man, you're a cl- it just was too good to be true. You see what I'm saying? Even it's the like names. Mon kettle. I yeah. swear to God. All right, I got to move forward. Thank All you, right. Bub. Bye. Cheers. Okay, so now we know the teats don't explode. And back to food. Uh, you guys are all chowing down in here, too. Um, Sorry. Okay, what I want to do is uh, start kind of in the same place that we did with the FM show, although we have to be kind of brief there. So I oh, want to start, we before we get into the recipes that you've designed for us today, that I think people are going to be really interested sure. in, I want to know how to start. And I want to kind of go over again how people can begin to choose uh, what they want for, for different meals. Well, to kind of start like what we were talking a little bit about on the FM show, um, first, it, it's you don't have to really get like this craft beer. You have to have to get this micro or macro. You know, any beer, you should just stop and just taste it. I mean, it sounds pretty elementary, but a lot of people just, you know, just stop and really taste it and really think like what flavors are you tasting, whether it's a Hefeweizen with the clove, the banana, maybe it's a lemon in the beer. You know, what What flavors would go well with that? Would fish go well with a Hefeweizen? Would lamb go with a Hefeweizen? Would chicken go with a Hefeweizen? Um, and then to also think, too, about, you know, would this be a beer I could use in a sauce? Is this something that I just want to marinate in? Is this something that I want to soak cedar planks in before I put a fillet of salmon on it and throw it on the grill? Yeah. You know, um, the beer dinners that I do, I get real lucky because, you know, Brewers like Sean are really kind, and they give me kegs and uh, nothing like 15 gallons of beer to uh, cook with for a course. It actually is quite nice. Yeah, um, and you get drunk while you're doing it. So, do you start <laughs> one for me? Do one. For, do you start with the beer first, and then pair the food? Or do you start thinking the food first, and then good question look for the beer. That's a great question, Doc. Um, what I really struggle with is is that for the beer dinner, I kind of try to do both. Like I look at certain styles that I'd love to get, but 
you and I both know that just because it's a style doesn't mean it's going to taste all the same. Right. So this is where um, what we talked a little bit about about on the FM show was just to make it more simple is, is that start with a beer, you know, and if like, you know, you have a keg of this beer Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're all home brewers, you know, why not brew a beer for New Year's Eve or the Super Bowl party or Valentine's Day or whatever big event you do every year, make a beer that you know that you can actually build a dinner around, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's cooking wine, right? Why isn't there cooking beers, you know, and there are beers that are more apt to cooking with versus saying, okay, you know, let's, let's be so specific and we can only use this pilsner to do this one thing and how cool is it as uh, whether you're a chef or just or you just love to cook at home uh, if you love to entertain people with what you've created how cool is it to sit down with your meal and even if people aren't beer lovers not only did you prepare the food that they're eating but you actually brewed the beer that you cooked the food with and I think that's really cool. It's very cool. I think it adds another dimension, and I think it'll help to kind of spread the community of brewing and home brewing. Because then oh, people who go, ah, eh, home brew, that eh, kind of freaks me out. Uh, they're they're still going to love. Involved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're still they're going to they're going to taste this this fantastic food, and then you're also going to go, yeah. Well, I, I I created that part of it too. I didn't buy a bottle of wine. I brewed a batch of beer and I cooked with it. Well, and that's the other thing too is is that you know. You think about that instant gratification. You know, anybody can make anything within, you know, 15 to 30 minutes. Um, not giving a plug for any particular person on the Food Network, but uh, the whole idea of a 30-minute meal, yeah. it's instant gratification. Where a beer, you know, you spent, you know, for, well, I just tried... Doc's one-hour beer, and it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But uh, I tell you, talk about that on another show too. <laughs> but uh, you think about, you know, you spend, you know, seven, eight hours making a beer. You know, you ferment it, you rack it, you clean everything. By the time you're done, you know, it's you know a month, two months down the road, and you took the time and energy and the craft to make that. Why not make a beer, you know, that not only one would go great with a dinner, but plan a whole dinner around it, yeah. you know, and say, hey, you know, this is the Oktoberfest, or this is the uh, the winter spice beer, or this is, you know, a Doppelbach, you know, and I want to do something fun. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, again, it just brings out the whole other level that a lot of people aren't doing, or certain breweries are doing beer dinners, and, you know, I try to do one every year that's, you know... The best of my knowledge that I can do cooking with the beer, pairing with the beer, because that's a whole other thing, too, is it's a lot more experience to, to start cooking with it for, versus just using it as a marinade or, you know, to baste, you know, as you're cooking something on the grill, and which yeah. is n- nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. No, but that – and that's kind of uh, – that's where – as far as I've gotten – so that's why I'm happy to have you here when we really oh, get into you. the recipes because as far as I've gotten is to marinate. Uh, I've created some sauces, but mostly I'm basting and I'm marinating. Uh, it, even if I'm if I've got it in the oven, it's it's in the I've, it's soaking in it as it's baking exactly. in the oven. But but the actual sort of infusing part and and creating an entire sauce and things like that. Now that I've not gotten into yet, so I'm happy to have you help sure. us figure that part out uh, as we go. That's the fun yeah. because that's also you know all the listeners out there you know. To to really stop and think about, you know, to have a bottle of beer, you know, whether it's from a six-pack, a champagne bottle, whatever it is, you yeah. know, taste it and just think about what this is going to be good with. Right. And with that, you know, put some in a sauce and, you know, 
substitute some of your liquid, whether it's chicken stock, whether it was wine, use beer, you know, and, but then one of the things that we'll get into a little bit later is just the ideas of some tips and how to actually use the beer. Because remember, as it reduces, you're concentrating flavors, you're bringing out different flavors that might not have been there originally. Like how much hop you really detect versus you've reduced it by half and now all of a sudden it's really hoppy. Right. you don't want to throw it away, you know, and it's like there's some chips that we can get into to ha- how to fix that and bring it back into, you know, proportion. Perfect. I think what we'll do is kind of go down your menu course by course. Sure. And then at the end, and, and I'm just going to throw in questions as they come, even if they're uh, uh, sort of random. Uh, no problem. And then at the end, we'll go ahead and, and make a list of tips uh, of that people can just be real specific about. Sure. Um, now, I know that a lot of things are, uh, the answer is going to be that you should experiment. And that you should try, <laughs> but if, but but there are you know people Sean, do want over people do want some quick answers, and and I think that even if it's just your opinion or your experience, sure. they'd like to hear that. So for example, uh, someone wants to know what would go good with stir fry or or just Asian cuisine in general. Do you have any experience with the kind of beer that would be good for that? I do. Um, what's interesting is if you really think about Asian food, and anytime you go out to dim sum or you're going out to sushi, you know it's pretty much pilsners, and it's pretty interesting because it's pretty linear that it's. Just pilsners. Yeah. I mean, they don't have porters. They don't have stouts. They don't have hefeweizens. The rice pilsners, so they're pretty dry. Yeah, too. they're very dry, um, and that's exactly the thing. So you can start playing around a little bit too, and I mean, don't limit yourself to just that. But um, with stir fries, you know, if you think about it, you know, you're using soy sauce, you're using hoisin, you're using oyster sauce. You know, depending on what you know, if you're doing chicken or fish or beef and beef Pretty and broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. It is a little muffled. You might want to yeah, say that it again. It's okay. Go on. Um, and for, then, that's for the soup, though. Yeah, right? exactly. Just, soup. just the, the special sauce. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do uh, it. I couldn't resist. My train of thought. Okay, yes. Um, but the idea, too, of, of like not just even using the beer, but also use ingredients that might go well with it, like lemongrass. Lemongrass goes great with Asian food. Why not do a lemongrass pilsner? You know, and hey, why don't you brew a lemongrass pilsner? You know, because that would be a really fun beer to brew because you do get a little bit of bitterness from the lemongrass, and that would actually complement the food really, really well. Okay. Uh, but also like that citrus element, you know, so use like a, a nice Hefeweizen, you know, the banana, the, the clove. I mean, you think about Chinese five spice, you know, there is clove in that. Mm-hmm. So why not? Or what about, so then can you do hoppy beers that are that are brewed with the citrusy hops? You could. Um, what's interesting about cooking with hops, and especially like the real hoppy beers, um, a few different things happen is, is that one, the flavors don't always come through because of the cooking process. It mm-hmm. does change the chemical. Okay. It's not like you're light striking your beer, you know, giving it that skunk. Yeah. But it does change the bitterness. Um, Matt Brindelson gave a great talk um, at NorCal this year about hops and the different flavors and, you know, Centennial with that... Uh, I think of it as like Fruit Loops, you know, and the idea of like Cascade with a grapefruit mm-hmm. or the new Summit Hop with a tangerine. Yeah. But also it does have that dank kind of oniony flavor. Dank. And it is. <laughs> dank. Dank. And, and it is. It, it's, yeah. it's really interesting because as you cook with it, 
the more you reduce it, the more that bitterness is going to go up and how that's going to balance out because ultimately you want balance in your food. Um, it's almost like that yin yang, that salty sweet, that spice, you know, that sweet sour. Yeah. Um, it's those four main flavors that we really taste on our tongue. We smell a lot more than what we actually taste. Okay. And you know, the thing is, is that flavor is basically the equal of the sum of both the taste and the smell. Okay. And so that's really where it hits your tongue. And to really think about the whole thing, do you want balance? I mean, it's like, do you want just hops? You know, I mean, on a chicken, yeah, it might work. On like a ribeye or a tri-tip, yeah, mm-hmm. it would be good. But do you want more of that malt complexity? Do you want more of those spices, you know, like a saison or something else that's a little bit different? You know, I mean, I think the Belgian beers are amazing to cook with because they're lower hopped, but there's so many flavors from those yeast, you know, yeah. and depending... You know, whether it's sour, I mean, a lambic. Yeah. I mean, that adds that sour note. You know, like in Indian food, there's green mangoes and there's lemons and limes. And they use a lot of different stuff that you normally wouldn't use in uh, a, a lot of the food that we have here today. You know, and it really adds that acidic balance, you know, and that's where it's kind of like, oh, it lightens it up a little bit, brings out those flavors. And when you're cooking down a hoppy beer that's balanced, you're changing the sugars. Big time. And Your malt, so you, yeah. you're changing the malt sugars in there to Big something time. else, but that changes that whole balance of that beer, so the hoppiness does yeah. change. And that's where you're going to want to maybe add a little bit of sugar, add some honey mm-hmm. to balance it out because, you know, those hop oils, they're not volatile as much as we think they are, at least from, like, post fermentation and if you think about it like in a saute pan and you're reducing it down those hot flavors are going to stick around they're not yeah. going to just boil off uh to with the asian food if you can do a hef can you do and you're talking about how good belgian beers are can you do a belgian wit you totally good i just did uh an indian curry dish the other night with my, my wit and it actually really nice because the orient you know the the coriander and the orange peel really brings out those other flavors okay um yeah perfect choice for you Okay, uh, he, you know, here someone wants to know, and this is a, this is a good question, and, um, uh-oh. Well, they just want to know of a, of a resource site. Uh, they said, do you know of some good beer food pairing website, uh, that would be a good springboard for a beer dinner during the holidays? Cool. And uh, do not be afraid to to use your own because I was looking at yours <laughs> and uh, and I think that it's a it's a place to start. Although I know you're just uh, beginning to build it. Yeah, it is a brand new site. Um, homebrewchef.com, um, all one word. Uh, good friend of mine, Alan. Thanks, Alan. Uh, we've been working on the site for just actually the last couple days, and um, I will be getting more into that. Um, to be honest, uh, there isn't a whole lot of stuff out there. I mean, it's really interesting because considering prohibition and how much it's changed this country, yeah, you know, um, food and beer, you know, like you think about a burger or pizza with beer, you know, the high-end cuisine, you know, they really don't touch the beers at all. And right. to me, that's a real art and science and also a lot of fun. See, I just do the Google thing. <laughs> But and and here's what happens though you end up having to weed through because uh, I'm serious about oh, it. sometimes totally. I want to do a chili or something like that and mm-hmm. there's tons of chili recipes out there but you can narrow your search One by million, putting in beer yeah exactly 000. but if you put beer or something you're going to get recipes like that the problem is you're really weeding through a bunch of them and you you got to know something about uh you know what actually makes a chili good because you can read through some of them and they're like yeah you know you should throw some beets and papst in there and you're going to get the best <laughs> chili you ever got so you, you like do a beer butt chicken yeah but yeah. you can but i guess what i'm saying is it is out there 
Oh, it totally is. But you got to weed through it. And you, a lot of times you end up on thefoodnetwork.com. And I'm curious what you think about that site because they just take recipes from their shows. Yeah. And a lot of times if you do a search for any kind of recipe, you'll find a ton of listings over at thefoodnetwork.com. Uh, you will. Um, they do actually have a lot of good recipes. Um, okay. They have been tested. They have a huge, huge test kitchen that, um, I mean, to me it's almost absurd how many people they have back behind the scenes. I yeah. Mean, Emerald does a lot of cooking, but you know what? Everything's prepped and prepared for him behind the scenes. Emerald and they have cook anything. Emerald well, can't even get out of the chair no, anymore. He just yells around. <laughs> he doesn't cook. He's, He's angry. He says, strike up the band. Give me some garlic. <laughs> yeah, 40 cloves of garlic, and it's really two. So, yes, I, <laughs> yeah. that, that's my personal favorite. Um, it is interesting because, um, like Elton Brown, I really admire a lot what he does because he really gets huh. into the science um, and the technique. Yeah. Elton Brown. I just said Elton John. Yeah. <laughs> now he's okay. good at it too, but uh, that's a whole different kind of cooking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elton Brown's actually very cool. Uh, yeah. Brown, sorry. Uh, um, he Because he, 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 he does the barbecue thing too. Yeah, he geeks it out. Yeah. He, he does some real fun stuff. In fact, I got a great, uh, and I've said it on the show before, a great uh, chicken recipe. And one of the methods he used that I think we're going to talk about with your prepared meal today uh-huh. is the injection method on, on the chicken. And that was a great thing. Well, why don't we take a break? And hey, you c- and and let's we can start talking about our first course of your meal. Uh, sure. Well, we're, we're the appetizers we've done, and then the first actual course we start talking about that when we come back. Sure. How many courses did you prepare? Are we talking here? Oh, I don't know if I break it down to courses. We have a nice little cheese course to start. We have some roasted chicken that's been marinating actually in a in a brine of uh, Oktoberfest. Wow. Um, thought that'd be kind of nice. Um, we also have a braised duck that was done in a um, athlogen double. Um, and then that went into the stuffing. So we have that as the stuffing. We have wow. some escarol. Wow. And uh, we have a couple things for dessert, too. So Wow. I brought the needles, so we'll be good to go. <laughs> All right, you're tuned to the Brewcast, everybody. We're still going to be doing some qualifying for our Conical Christmas giveaway. So hang in there. It's going to be happening when we come back and another one a little bit later in the show. You're tuned to the Brewcast. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Listeners, Daniela again. This is your clue number two, Sherlock Holmes. The Brewing Network's promo spot, Conical Christmas, take one. In a world where beer was king... What do you mean, no in a world? This is a commercial for the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas giveaway. Oh, okay. In a land that... Uh, no in a land either. In a time. In a time? In a land before time. Look, this is a commercial to inform the listeners of the upcoming Conical Christmas giveaway. One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What does that mean? When everything you know is wrong. That's wrong. In an outpost. It's a giveaway! On the edge of space. They're giving away two conicals. A girl. No. Two girls. Just tell them to listen to the Brewing Network every week between now and December 10th to register to win one of two conicals donated by Beer, Beer, and More Beer and HCA Industries. Now. What is wrong with you? More than ever. Stop it! A renegade cop. I hate you. A robot renegade cop. You're fired! You're fired! 
officially fired. I'm fired. Get out of the booth, Bush. No, I like it in here. The Brewing Network Comical Christmas Giveaway. Keep listening for your chance to win. God damn it, man. Oh, a little coughing. Oh, he's not enjoying it. Did you finish it all? It's empty. Oh, my God. Oh, uh-oh. I lo- uh, looked like he was going to uke no, right that's there. That's all over my... <clears throat> Head for the door if you got a uke, man. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Smells like farts and carpet deodorizer in here. What's happening? Is it cheese? It's a cheese. It's a cheese? Yeah, it's a cheese here in the corner. It tastes great, though. It's like feet and fart and carpet deodorizer. That's cheese. What's the carpet deodorizer? Is that your deodorant? No, that's actually carpet deodorizer. (laughs) (laughs) That's us trying to get rid of the dog stink. Yeah, because the dog kind of stinks up the carpet. It's not like an antibacterial thing, is it, Justin? Uh, Actually, it is Arm & Hammer, and it does have an antibacterial quality to it. Uh, So it it does kill two birds with one stone. Freak. (laughs) See, animal germs actually don't bother me. I'm fine with it. It's only humans that I'm... So your dog can come up and give you a big kiss on the mouth. That's fine. French kiss your dog, but if I shake your hand when I'm sick, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna go into some sort of weird. Yeah, See, I'm freaked out by the animals that really. No, I'm fine because my dog even has this problem where her cookie leaks, like it just leaks all the time, like yeah. just everywhere. It just always like a, and, like and a teat. It, well, it doesn't like gush or anything, but it just like at random it just leaks. Like she does, she doesn't have control over it, and uh, none of that bothers me. Dog germs are fine. Uh, it's people. I just don't like people. But the dog germs are the one that make you sick, actually. No, that's nonsense. I, I was listening to Dr. Hitler Drew the other day, <laughs> and he was saying that, like, for example, in a public restroom, the urine can't make you sick there. Uh, we've talked about that, but... It oh. just can't. Yeah. It just cannot. I, I think that's nonsense. I don't know. Do you call Dr. Drew nonsense? I also... Dogs, <laughs> like, in their mouth, they don't have germs like we do. <laughs> That's true. That's why a dog can lick its own wound and make it clean. And if you're like in the wild and you happen to have a dog with you, and, and you, you want to make out with it, and you cut yourself, you should let the dog lick your wound. Exactly. You are out of your freaking you are, mind. You Doc, are. Is, Doc, is that insane? As a doctor, from, coming from a doctor? No, it's, that's actually supposed to work. But you see? Yeah, I would. I would actually have. Well, he's assuming said you have a dog to. right there. Well, you know, see the dog licking their balls. So, I'd yeah. probably ask him to do that first. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that Doc isn't basing it on science. Scientific as I mean, well, if you see a dog licking its balls, <laughs> well, it's, it's got to be okay. Yeah. Well, well, it's like right. the guy he sees the the uh, big uh, police dog licking his balls, and yeah. he says, oh, "I wish I could do that." And then the guy goes, "You better pet him first. He's awfully big." <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's we give away our second yes. clue now to register. If you're just tuning in and you didn't and you didn't hear the first clue. Sucks for you. You should have been tuned in the whole time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, that's the deal. We told you that you got to listen live, and we're going to reward the folks that have. So now you're playing but you with might one still clue. be able to get it. You might still be able to get it. You got three get clues clue. left. So here is clue number two. If you're a podcaster, this is not your clue. You like how I get into my serious voice? You <laughs> really do. It's like this is not your. I repeat, clue. this is not your clue. Okay, live listeners. Clue number two for today's beer. This one is like 64.5% of all U.S. adults. That's right. 
This beer is like 64.5% of all U.S. adults. 888-401-BEER is the number. The first person to call in today and guess the right beer is going to win. And remember, you only get one chance to guess. That wasn't my rule. That's the Nazis rule over here. I'm just going to say right <laughs> Because now. I'm answering the phones. <laughs> it's, her, uh, it's her department. She covers our marketing and and prize giveaway department. You, mean you don't have like a whole like team of people in the back there answering phones the whole time? I thought that's what it was, you know. I can't wait till we have like, real yeah, like an Indian call- I don't want to be with the phone anymore. Indian call center? I just want to be able to go, I just want to say, well, let me transfer you to the prize department. Hey, we could put the phone over there. Whereas, the like right now, if I transfer somebody to the prize department, that's like putting the phone from my right ear to my left. Like that, <laughs> that's the equivalent of be, doing uh, Hold on a second. Let me, let me change to the different department. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> prize department. Okay, <laughs> what beer do we have here that we've tasted? And then we're going to get into your menu. Sure, this is uh, Hair of the Dog. Uh, this is their Rose. Um, it's actually a triple. Um, he's now morphed it into something a little bit more than it was. It has uh, hibiscus and beet juice in it. You really get the, I don't know what beet juice tastes like, but I do know hibiscus, and I taste uh-huh. that. I, I'm assuming the other taste I don't know about is beets. Yeah, well, there's kind of sweetie soury kind of sweetie sour kind of. Wonderful, it's pretty complex. Um, Wow! And that little cracker I made for you right in front of you, Justin. You should try that. Come on, try cracker. Someone's got to talk if I'm going to chew. All right, as I do this, then let's start talking about uh, your menu. And so go uh, course by course, and maybe we won't get all the way through before I interrupt you. Not a problem. Um, the way uh, we kind of did the show today, um, it's kind of more seasonal. I really wanted people to kind of think a little bit more about Thanksgiving. It's a couple weeks away. Um, so a lot of the food we'll be talking about today is kind of more in line with the holidays and whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, just some kind of fun, hearty, you know, with the time change, it's now dark so early. We kind of want that good comfort food. So started off, um, we have a couple chickens, um, took uh, some beer, uh, took the Oktoberfest from Spaten, took about two quarts and about two quarts of water, added a lemon cut up and some onions and some bay leaves and some thyme from my garden and... Mix it up a little bit with uh, some sugar and salt, so it is a, a real brine, and uh, give that a good stir with some salt and pepper, and, and then basically what you're doing is you're just taking your chicken or your turkey, you can double the recipe, all these recipes will be on the forum, but uh, you can go ahead and double it, triple it, depending on the size bird you have, and uh, what I did is I just rinsed it real well, took out those innards that you love, and... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, does not like to put his hand on that bird's cavity. Well, like, if you're gonna buy meat that's been prepared hey, you're for you. you're paying for that too, by the way. That's, too, I mean, why not that's totally prepare it? Why leave that crap there? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? They took out everything else, but they leave the they guts. They packaged it for you too. Which is just as disgusting, because then it's a bag of guts. It's giblets, baby. It's mm-hmm. easy, it's in a bag though. You eat that, yeah. Doc? You make no. like the stuffing out of that? Or no, make I a gravy, a giblet gravy. Yeah, basically. You do yeah. boil it down, and yeah, and I use yeah. some of the stock in that in the yeah. in the stuffing and the neck. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. perfect. Neck's good. Good. Neck. You telling me that if you made a giblet gravy next to a gravy that you didn't put disgusting animal ins- innards in, you'd I'd be able to tell the difference, and I would like the giblet gravy better. Um, it depends on what you like. Um, I don't. Well, really I don't know. like guts. <laughs> For well, example, I mean, are you having guts by themselves? Are you flabbing them with a little bit of cognac? I mean, well, that just, do you like pate at all? I mean, that's I do. I liver. like a little. Yeah, is it? That's liver. It's guts. Depending on what kind of pate it is, but I a like lot of a little them. pate. Yeah, I don't. But mind. when it's done right, it's actually pretty tasty. By the way, this cheese cracker that I'm eating, 
Pretty tasty, huh? It's really tasty, but it also tastes similar to the feet fart and uh, carpet <laughs> deodorant that I was mentioning earlier that I smell. Uh, there you go. The what's the sauce that you're putting on top of this? This is um, actually it has a um, there's a lot of seasonal honeys out there um, and certain varietal honeys. This one happens to be a pumpkin blossom. Okay. Um, so basically, these hives are right next to the big pumpkin farms, and that's all the the bees are actually eating. Yeah. And all the pollens from that, so it's a lot darker. It's a lot richer. Um, I think it kind of has a real nutty, malty kind of almost flavor to it. It does. Here's what I'm going to say about it. The reason I, I, if if you are a person who maybe is just getting into the stinky cheese, or you're not mm, sure if you like the cheese, stinky cheese. This on top really kind of helps. It's again, it it's helps playing it along. with the flavor. It is, and it and it changes it for you, and you still get the flavor of the cheese, but you get enough of a sweetness from the honey yeah. that it kind of brings you back to your familiar zone. I mean, remember, there's a reason why there's so zone. much sugar in fast food. Everybody likes the taste. It's true. So, Justin, you're kind of like a big uh, mild cheddar brick guy from Safeway? Well, I... Not those little ones that you unwrap? My favorite cheese is Tillamook cheddar cheese. There you go. So I will say that. it's not out of a can. But I also like stinky cheese. So I like both. But even as I develop into liking stinkier cheese, my favorite cheese is still... I could just eat it by the chunk, the cheddar. I love it. But also with the other cheeses, we always try blue cheese, Parmesan cheese, sure. a lot of European cheeses. You know, the, the um, common bears from France. Oh, you great. eat them like that, too. It took you a while. Yeah. But now it's fine. Now it's fine. And I, to, me, home to, the to me personally. <laughs> ah, it's like that much of above Oregon. like a nacho cheese. <laughs> Nonsense. It's world-class cheddar cheese. Yeah, I grew up with Tillamook. When we had Tillamook in the house, it didn't last very long. Oh, no. normal cheddar, but oh, the, ch- the Tillamook hit. The white cheddar. Mm, yeah. That's a good cheese. You that's see? Okay. That's what I'm saying here. Okay. And I'm going to stand up for good old America and say that the Tillamook cheddar is a good place to go. When you want to eat. I've been to Tillamook. All right, we got a caller with a guest for our uh, guest, the beer. Henning, what's up, my brother? Not much. You got your guest for the day? Yes, I do. You sure you want to give it now after two clues? Yes, I do. Are you loaded? I already thought it uh, was something, and then by the second clue, you gave it away. Okay, go ahead and give us your guest. Pliny the Elder. I'm sorry, Henning. It's not Pliny the Elder. Yeah, yeah. A, a, good, okay. a good guess. It's one that's close to home for us, and we like the Vinny, but uh, I'm sorry. Good guess, my brother. Thank you. All right. Thank it's you. almost like all those talks. I, I keep hearing where everybody's like Vinny or Pliny, and everybody all of a sudden perks up again. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we got another one. Let's yeah. see. You think that's another guess already? Oh, yeah. Hey, caller, what's happening? Hello. Hey. Hey. Next I time. have a guess. You got a guess? Turn your radar down the back for me, would you? Thanks, man. All right. What's your guess? You sure you want to... What is it? Fat tire. Another good guess, but no, sir. Um, yeah, but uh, that that was another good guess. Sorry. Okay. All right. Good effort, man. 888-401-BEER. Remember, there are still two more clues to go, um, so you may want to reserve your guess. They're just calling. There's another one. You may not wonder. See, my rule is a good rule. The narrowing it down, I guess, is helping people out. Yeah, they only got a few more beers left. Caller, you're on the air. You got a guess for us? I do. All right, what do you think? I think it's a new Belgium fat tire. Ah, you, the, the caller who just called in before you said that, and it's incorrect. Okay, well, thanks. Have a good one. No worries. Good guess, man. 
888-401-BEER. Uh, Don't be afraid to call. Just remember that we got two more to go. So, I wish uh, we would have 50,000 conicals to give away. Yeah, it would be like <laughs> And they wouldn't be so special, now, would it? Uh, All right, caller, uh, you got a guess for us? Yeah, uh, is it uh, Goose Island Fat Goose? It is not Goose Island Fat Goose, but a good guess, sir. All right, thank you. All right. Okay. I'm going to uh, maybe shut down the phones there for a sec so we can get back into food. <laughs> shut them down. Maybe not. You want to take... All right, last call. I'm going to take the last call right now. Oh, oh. There you go. Okay. A winner. Okay. So now I'm going to go... I'm going to close the phones <laughs> for a second and get back into food, and then I'll, I'll open them up again a little bit later. Okay. Mm, this beer is good. Back to the first course. First course. Did we finish with that? or I think. I mean, so basically the idea is, you know, cheese isn't all that expensive and beer's not all that expensive. And compare and contrast and think, you know, because like what you're trying right now, you know, that's that classic creamy, you know, fatty, sweet kind of going back and forth on your tongue. And, it, you know, it's texture, it's flavor. You got the cracker for some texture and some bite to it. You know, it all works together, you know, even like how you make your crackers. You know, I mean, I make a lot of homemade crackers and I'll let everything from rosemary to different malts. And, you know, you could put in some like a malt syrup um, to give it that little extra. You could add lemon zest. You can add caraway seeds. You know, it, it all changes the flavor. And, you know, a good caraway cracker with like a rye beer, you know, it's pretty tasty. So... Why not? I agree, and everyone likes a little cheese and crackers, so it's a very sort it's of palatable way. thing for everybody. And then also, like, we had, um, there was a nice salami that we had from Salums up in Seattle. Um, it was a uh, salami that was made with uh, Belgian chocolate, cinnamon, and some spices um, called the mole. Um, quite nice. And, you know, it's good pate and a little bit of honey or, you know, some toasted nuts. And okay. it makes nice cheese, and it's a good good way to kind of get people kind of sitting down having a good time drinking drinking all right let's move on to what would be sure. next so we talked a little bit about man that phone is going nuts yeah, they're calling it <laughs> um for the uh the chicken you know we talked about brining it so basically what you do is you wash it really good, pop it in the brine, and uh, the longer you let it sit in that brine, the more flavors it's going to not only pull out because of the salt, but it's actually going to pull that flavor back in. So it's a good way to season your bird. Um, Tell them how to make a brine. A uh, brine, basically all it is, is it's salt, sugar, and water. Um, it's that simple. Um, but you can add pretty much whatever you think you want to add. Um, onions, lemons, garlic, peppercorns, bay leaves thyme sage uh you can mix it up and use like half water half beer um if you use full beer um one it gets a little expensive but two um it does get a little stronger in the flavor um usually with the brine you know like for your average size chicken you know between 12 and 24 hours is how long you will want to let it marinate and you know kind of do its thing uh put that in the refrigerator um, if you don't have room in your refrigerator, you can always put a, a container of ice into like a cooler and use that instead. Um, one of the other ways too, like if all those listeners out there who have a big turkey and want to brine a big turkey, first, uh, use a little star sand and, uh, actually sanitize your cooler. Then fill it up with water and ice and, um, that will actually keep cold for a couple days. So you can actually brine your bird so you don't have to put it in, you know, Big container that you don't happen to have at home and, you ice know, or brine. those, a nice ice brine, exactly. And that'll 
last real well. Um, Ziploc does have those two-gallon bags. You can use those real easy. And basically, once you have your brine done, you could cook it first. Um, there are a lot of recipes out there. I'll have one up on the website for you. Um, but uh, basically, you can cook it, and you basically bring it to a boil, and then you, you chill it, then you add your chicken to it, let it sit for 12 different... 24 hours or so, depending on the size of the bird, and then at that point, you want to go ahead and rinse it real well, pat it dry, and throw it either in the oven or the smoker or however you want to cook it. Okay. That sounds uh, it doesn't sound like a great oh way to do gosh. it. And I like the uh, kind of taking, you, you get a couple of days to do it, too. You don't have to rush it all the morning of. It's a good no, and it's it. actually kind of nice, too, because you can actually really get a lot of flavor that way. Yeah. Um, you have to worry about the dry turkey. Right. Know? So it's a good way to add flavor. And uh, the other way, too, is, is that instead of doing a brine, you can get a syringe. Um, some of the high-end cooking stores now have those syringes that you can get um, if you happen to know somebody in the medical field. Like um, who? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah. the ones that they use to get into your spine, those yeah. really work well. Ooh. Those metal ones. Big ones. That are oh, yeah. giant and long. You don't get those on the street corner. No. Um, but uh, if you get one, hold on to it because they're pretty cool. Um, but and what you can do. they a good black market value, too. Oh, man. I can just order them. Yeah. <laughs> They wouldn't What's ask. What's your email address? <laughs> <laughs> Doc, they wouldn't ask like what a dentist needs a no, spinal cord, uh, <laughs> really? Nope. That bothers me. <laughs> that they wouldn't, that there's no it's regulations on that tooth. sort of thing. <laughs> no, as long as I'm ordering from a medical supply place that I have, uh, uh, account with. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, w- what you can do is you can take uh, your favorite beer that you think will go well with chicken or turkey, and basically you can go ahead and uh, fill up your syringe and use the same hole. Like you want to be really careful and not make your uh, pink turkey exactly, and uh, you want to use that same hole. So like find one kind of in the center of the breast, and then from there just do it different angles as you pull in and out, and. Uh, what you want to do is basically uh, inject it with um, your favorite beer. Let that sit between, you know, 6 to 12 hours and then throw that in. Um, and you want to do that by both breasts and also the uh, thigh and leg area. And Work, work the whole way. bird. Work the whole bird. Get that As I'm all the way concentrating throughout. on the sort of phones and other things that are going on, I just want to point out that all I really hear is uh, use the same whole breasts <laughs> and thighs. And I'm, in and out. And I'm uh, just in and out. But no, I think no, if no. I piece it all together later, I'm gonna I'm gonna know how to do this. That's foul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do need to announce real quickly. Um, uh, that you should probably stop calling now because man, I, that phone is just wow. Well, I said I was going to recipes. Everybody I said I was going to shut down the phones, and I kind of actually feel if somebody calls with the right answer right now, it's unfair man. to all those people who are listening to me and not calling yet. You see, so eight 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 four zero one beers the number, but we're going to stop answering the phone because it's not fair if I'm saying the phones are shut down and someone's going to call with the right answer while people are, who are kind of following the rules are are holding off. You see what I'm saying? So uh, even who callers on the phone right now, I'm just going to go ahead and hang up, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna drop it right there. Okay. Bye. So you see what I mean? I can't make rules and then and then go back and just because someone calls with the right answer, because I think there's a lot of people out there that are listening to me right now, and um, they're not calling in. <laughs> all right. Uh, I will open the phones again. And that way you guys can all mad rush and call in. And mostly, a lot of people are calling with the wrong answers. So I'm also going to encourage you that um, you should 
maybe keep listening to the other clues. So am I right about all that, Danielle? You, you've been answering in. that phone <laughs> the whole time? And yeah, every single one has been incorrect so far. And okay. how many people have called in? About 120? I don't know. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, you look really frazzled. <laughs> <laughs> so no one's called in with the right answer yet. Get her you, you realize that my job is the hardest one <laughs> in the studio, right? Yeah. I'm on the air. Very I have good. the chat room and the phone. That's we need a new employee. <laughs> <laughs> so it just wouldn't be fair if someone called with the right answer. When I'm saying the phones. So are when are we going to open the phones again? I'll say it, and then we'll also punch it in the chat room, so that everybody hears all at the same time. I encourage you to go to the chat room if you're just listening live and you're not in the chat room because you'll see it first. There's a little delay. I encourage you to enter the chat room and wait for us to type. The phones are open, and um, and that way everyone has a fair chance. You want to announce what people have been guessing so far? Uh, yeah. It would make it easier for the ones who still guess, but <laughs> also unfair for the ones who tried to give their guess. What do you want to do? Sean O'Sullivan? I say Sam. I say Sam, and that way you can narrow it down. Okay. Incorrect answers so far. Arrogant bastards. Not correct. Fat weasel. Yeah. Not correct. Fat angel. Not correct. Although I like that name. It's a good name. And those were basically the names they all were. Most people said arrogant bastard, actually. Okay. <laughs> when they heard 64% of all Americans, arrogant bastards. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't say 95% of all Americans. Uh, so hang in there. There's more clues. I will open the phones before I give the next clue. That way, those of you who think you have it already, I, you'll have the advantage, and, and that's fine. Let me just read from the chat room. Daniela, you should be doing the dishes and making a cake at the same time. Quit your whining. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like it. I actually almost said, uh, hey, can, can you go get me a beer right now, sweetheart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that's uh, I, d- I am running low on beer. Actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shad, could you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Okay, and, uh, we can move on from brine. Sure. Onto the next part of this Done. dish. Okay, next. let's do it. Stuffing. Mm. Uh, everybody talks about mm. stuffing. Um, I think it's a great thing, and we're not talking stovetop. It's my favorite part of of the day. I love the stuffing. Yeah, the stuffing's so good. You're gonna love the stuffing I did today. Okay. Oh man. When are, we, are you actually cooking the meal as we're doing this? Um, it will be thrown in probably the next break, so we'll have it probably after the show actually ends. Oh, is that right? We're gonna do a little feast afterward. Well, I mean, I know how your little phobia is about eating on the rig. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many. Yes. I'm like muting everybody's microphones as they're chomping. I licked that microphone before you started. I I'm gonna. I think uh, before the end of, of of 2007, I'll actually have a glass wall built around me. Uh, Bubble we'll boy. Just, yeah, we'll just be looking at each other through the glass. It's probably actually, better that way. Now that I'm mentioning it, I'm really liking that idea. <laughs> Doctor, like help, help me out with that. Oh yeah, we can do that. Okay. Okay. Let's move just it block up. it off with plywood. We don't even have to yeah. look at you. We got headphones. We can Is talk. Is he in there? That I think might, he's in there. That might help too. Because here's another one of my things. Uh, I don't like to watch people eat. It grosses me out. Like if I'm sitting close to somebody, like we're right across from each other, I'll look at my food He's and I'll look around, but I don't want to look at people eating. What the hell is wrong with you? Well, it's just disgusting. What happened to your childhood? I don't know. He's a wait- he was a waiter too. So. I really don't. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was that was a big problem. You wait till they're all done and then go show up. Like if I would walk up, I say my gag reflex is kicking in. If I were to walk up to the table and I'd be like, uh, I I'd like to offer them a refill or, or something. Don't talk to the guy with his mouth full. Right? Or if he had like a chunk, like he had mayonnaise on his face or I something. Hate <laughs> I hate that. I literally would gag right there. I'd be like, "You, I want another Coke." Ah, oh, it freaked me out. 
All right, this this isn't about my uh, phobias. <laughs> it's Justin's world. <laughs> By grossly, please. Sean. <laughs> yeah. Or just grossly. Yeah. I have a, I have very much of a beginner's question because I've always sure. wondered that if you cook with alcohol in general, does all the alcohol go away while cooking it? Great question. Um, to be honest, not every single element boils out. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of studies done. A lot of people like go back and forth for people who choose not to have the drink. Um, not a problem, but uh, there is probably a, a trace element still in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're, and then also the flavor. If you take an antabuse, it might be a little problem. <laughs> but you hurl on the chicken. Cause uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly what Justin wants to hear. But, Sean, would you say it's okay to give it to kids and I mean, it's okay to have it for pregnant oh, totally, women totally. because it's just I mean, a tiny it's, little bit? It's so minute that, I mean, okay. to be honest, I mean, how much are you really using, too? I mean, it's not like yeah. – I mean, what's interesting about alcohol and food, I mean, it, it's a great segue because the idea of, like, you know, like the um, tomato vodka cream sauce, the whole reason – I mean, vodka doesn't have a whole lot of flavor unless you have, like, a – Martini straight up. The mm-hmm. only reason why you're really putting it in there is to bring out the flavor of the tomato. And it's a great way to dissolve different flavor compounds and actually distribute it amongst the, the, the food. And so basically, a lot of the stuff that we're doing today, I mean, we're using like a cup, two cups of beer, you know, to something that's going to feed four to six people. So, I mean, how much beer is that? And then by the time it's actually reduced and cooked down, and I mean, we're talking, it's pretty minimal. So, so no worries there. Not really, no. All right. I got some other questions, I guess, sure, before we move on. Um, I wanted to use beer in a steak marinade, this listener says, uh, like salt, Great garlic, etc. cetera. Uh, he wants to know, should he worry about any acids or sugars in pre-cooking the meal? As far as what's in the beer or... I guess he's... It's going to affect the caramelization when he's actually cooking or it? Would, or would pre-cook any part of it, I guess he's saying, would the acid start to do some cooking of its own well there's not a ton of acid in beer i mean it's you know um i mean that's it it's a great question because you know if you're adding lemon juice i mean you know if you're making like a ceviche or something like that but yeah how long are you marinating it one um i mean a week i don't recommend it so but a couple days it's fine you know a couple days is fine yeah i mean i've done that i mean you've done that yeah i'm still alive that's true that's true. Okay. And then I got another question, but I'm going to save it. Uh-oh. Because it's a good one about uh, brewing byproducts and cooking. Ooh. Yeah. So we'll get spin, to that later. So, but let's get through the, the menu sure. that we have here. Definitely. So let's move on with that. So um, what we did is uh, I took some duck legs, uh, something a little different. Uh, my wife, uh, she's always had duck in her Thanksgiving, so I always try to work it somehow every year into the dish. And um, what I did is I took some duck legs, salt and peppered them, and then basically browned them off, and they kind of render out some of their own fat. And uh, after you brown them off in a pan, I hit uh, some onions and some leeks and some carrots and some celery and some garlic, a couple of bay leaves, uh, some mm. thyme and sage, sauteed that, and then basically hit it with uh, about two cups of uh, the afflogen uh, double and then about three cups of chicken stock. Uh, I had some homemade chicken stock. Wow. And uh, put the legs back in there, mix it up, and then basically cover it and th- throw it in the oven about 300 degrees for about three to four hours until it's about fork tender. Okay. Um, that point, you want to take it out of the oven and uh, Take the meat out, strain the sauce because, you know, all those vegetables have all kind of given up all their flavors and aromatics and stuff. And then you want to use that liquid for your actual stuffing. So take your favorite, like, loaf of bread. You know, I'm not talking Wonder, but I'm talking like an artisanal, something that's really fun. Yeah. Uh, today we have it's uh, a pumpkin seed bread out of 
Petaluma that's really, it's a great bread. It's all brick oven and. Maybe right, just don't use wonder. Yes, don't okay. use wonder. I got it. And, uh, put the bobito away. And, uh, what you want to do is, uh, take, um, a little bit of butter in another pan and, um, you want to go ahead and sa- saute some onions and some leeks and some, uh, celery and a little bit of garlic and, uh, just till it's transparent. Hit the, uh, the stock back in it and then flake out the duck that's now hopefully cooled and, uh, mix it all together and then toss it over some cube bread and wow. throw that right in the, um, in your baking dish, your casserole pan mm-hmm. and 350 for about 30 to 45 minutes and you're going to be happy. Now by duck legs, you don't mean the orange finny part that's sticking out the bottom of a duck. <laughs> like the you're not talking part. about those little things, right? Not the duck feet. No, okay. No. Um, that might be in dim sum, but yeah. Okay. Uh, your Asian markets are great places to get duck legs. Um, either that or some markets. You can always talk to your butcher. Hey, I want some duck legs. I'll bring them in for you. And they'll know what I'm talking about. They're not going to give me the little bottom bit. Well, I don't know how you order your meat, so. <laughs> I've heard lunch meat, so, you know. I just don't want to get all the way home and find out that I got a bunch of little orange finny bits. What the hell bits. am I going to do with these? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to deep fry them. And mm, talk crispy, to Crotch crunchy. about that. Does yeah. he cook? Oh, I saw that in his little yeah, Halloween that's thing. Right, that's right. Did he? <laughs> yeah, he's giving away chicken feet for Halloween. Well, there's pictures hey, of that in our forum. Stuff. Another good reason to join right. our forum is the freaky pictures that we get posted there. Oh, yeah. And, um... Yeah, one of our listeners, Crossrot, he uh, likes to play jokes on the kids every time they come around to his house every year. And this joke was that he had it was hard of hearing, and so that as they would come and say "trick or treat," he'd say "what trick or feet," and he'd pull out chicken feet. Uh, a po- yeah, he'd pull out a bowl of cut off chicken, chicken feet, feet. Oh, and they're great. disgusting looking too. Uh, they look like little kind of rancid, little devil's feet. Some of the kids liked them. Some of the kids like them. Yeah, what are you going to do? Okay, uh, shall we move to the next uh, course? Before we move in courses, I have a general question. Um, I don't know if you talked about it too much yet. Um, We have a vegetarian here in the studio. Stephanie chooses to eat vegetarian diet. Otherwise known as meatless Mary. We always always bring a lot of meat with the the beer, but I'm just wondering what you can do with a vegetarian diet and beer pairings. Uh, Tofu. No. (laughs) I'll tell you what you do. You stop inviting vegetarians. <laughs> um, mushrooms go great. Um, you know, like the portobello mushrooms, I think, have that real um, good flavor. You know, they're real meaty uh, tofu. They do have those tofu turkeys. Um, for that Tofurky? Tofurky, you got it. I know it. I know um, my tofu meats. Yeah. Um, they have, you know, seitan, which is like a meat byproduct. Um, uh, they have... Uh, you know, I mean, you can use, like, you know, Why is it pumpkin. that every time you talk about vegetarian stuff, it always goes right for the tofu thing? Is there any other option? It's oh, like, it was a joke. The tofu or... <laughs> well, there's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> that rabbit. If you, don't like, if you don't like tofu. No, there's actually, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, it's just, again, it's a, it's a whole another layer of uh, creativity. Right. Um, and uh, that's kind of the one thing that, you know, again, it all comes down to experimentation and, you know, Busting outside of the box. You right. know, Stephanie, what do you eat when you're, uh, you know, for Thanksgiving? When you're challenged by <laughs> what's on the table? Yeah, that's a good question. What do vegetarians Carrots, do at Thanksgiving? It's like they're this weird, weird, like, class of person. Yeah. I'm actually really lucky because my dad's a chef. And so oh. I've been a vegetarian for 11 years. He always prepares 
a lot of side dishes. So there's totally. always a lot of vegetables and salads. And he actually one year made me a tofurkey, which was oh, really, that's honestly love. one of the most awful things I've ever. Eaten. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first. Did and he, he ever? Was so excited about it, you know. Oh, this is great, Dad. I remember choking down pieces of it. Uh, it was really bad. Was it dry? <laughs> No, it was just, I like tofu, but it wasn't the right consistency because of the yeah. way, because you had to bake part of it. Yeah. It just, I don't recommend it. Did he ever like sneak a little chunk of pork chop or something <laughs> in any of your meals and then afterward be like, ha, I got you. Bacon. You totally ate You didn't pig. die. Uh, no. You never did that? So. No, he's pretty, he's yeah. pretty good. See, I wouldn't make a good father because I'd think that was real funny. Yeah, you would be a terrible father <laughs> See, for actually, a lot of reasons, actually. I'm not a very good boyfriend because I've been working on it a whole time. <laughs> You've been doing the same thing. Yeah, we were like in Italy together, and I was yeah. like, here, try this meat, eat You only this have meat. meat in Italy. You <laughs> yeah. have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But with the vegetarian food, as long as Justin allows me, I cook a pretty good risotto, for example. Oh, with, risottos are great. With like peas and with mushrooms and hey, sometimes with asparagus. Do a pumpkin risotto. You can do that with yeah. just vegetarian. Justin usually doesn't want it vegetarian, so I always have to cut in some sort of meat, yeah. but you could do that easily oh, and totally. pair it with beer. Just is like the opposite. Uh, wait a minute, vegetables? No. Yeah. Put that meat in there. What's no, he likes them, but he the also he always needs something meaty too. Well, I, I like meat stuffed vegetables. Uh, right. Justin's, <laughs> Justin's <laughs> whole motto is it's like a, if it's green, it could be trouble. If it's fried, order double. <laughs> oh, that's a good like one. It. it is good. Well, tell us about that pumpkin risotto you're talking about. Yeah, pumpkin risotto. Um, it's kind of fun. I mean, you can do a couple different things. One, you could use your risotto rice, which is pretty easily to find. Um, you know, we are brewers, so why not use pearl barley? Yeah. Um, it's kind of fun. Uh, basically, you just want to take some onions, maybe some garlics, maybe some leeks, uh, saute that in some butter and olive oil. Hit it with uh, some cube peeled seeded pumpkin and uh, saute that just for a few minutes and add in your pearl barley and what is that? It uh, you'll find it in the bulk section. You can find it too in your rice section at the the grocery store. It's um, basically barley that's been um, isn't it like puffed or something. They they uh, how do they actually make the pearl barley? Because it's not just barley. It's been it husk? cooked. It's been husked. It's been husked and it, it's uh, it's kind of like been quick cooked. Okay. Um, and then basically, you know, it looks just like rice, but it has a nice texture to it. I see. Um, and what you can do is uh, brown that real quick and then hit it with some stock and beer. And, that sounds uh, really healthy. Down. Seriously. It's healthy. That it's sounds good. super healthy. And it's also, the pumpkin gives a great flavor. Maybe use like a pinch of cinnamon in there. Okay. Not a whole lot because you don't, you know, it's not dessert, but, you know, it's a side dish or a yeah. main entree. Yeah. And you can actually use that to stuff it in something, stuff it in a roasted pumpkin or like an anchor and squash or something. Okay. Does that sound good? Fantastic. Stuff it. Stuff it. A couple quick questions that came through before we keep sure. going with the recipes there. Uh, what kind of beer is good with foie gras? Oh, foie gras. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of great beers, actually. I, I mean, I would tend to do something real strong. Actually, I made a 20% IPA that I actually brought today that uh, we can try. But uh, that with foie gras would be just awesome. What's foie gras, just so people know? Foie gras is uh, duck or goose liver that's been force-fed. Um, I have a real issue with it because I think it's wonderful. And if you don't yeah. like it, don't buy it. But let the rest of us who want to buy it, buy it. Really? Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's basically abused 2008, they're trying to out, actually outlaw it here in California and... Yeah, I ate it for the first time on Friday, and I was oh, I was having uh-huh. an internal uh, wrestling match with myself because <laughs> while I really I thoroughly enjoyed it and I finished it, 
I, I feel real bad for that uh, abused goose. To me, that's hypocritical, to be quite honest. Uh, it's totally hypocritical. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, not I'm just uh, not just enjoying it and then saying, uh, can I eat it? But if you eat, decide to eat anything from the animal, they're all being mistreated unless you buy from the farm or unless yeah. you buy and go the extra mile and from. know where it's coming from. Mm. So if, you, if mm. California wants to complain about that, please start bringing other laws into place before you do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing, too, is, is like that... Like no stupid people? Like <laughs> that kind of a law? <laughs> no, but or, I mean, uh, whatever. Su- tra- start subsidizing uh, uh, alternative farmers. Do I that do. kind of stuff. That would help because hardly anybody eats that kind of stuff anyway. So for grass, it's mm-hmm. very expensive. Mm-hmm. Justin was so but choked up and so teary-eyed he could barely choke down his veal. Yeah, I, it's <laughs> true. Really? Or my seconds. Of the veal. Of oh, the thirds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very uh, hypocritical person like that. Felt bad for the goose, but he tasted real good. But you bring up a great question is because basically, you know, our dollar and how we spend it is really important because, you know, to get back to organics or sustainable agriculture and these farms and who you're really supporting, like local meat, you know, um, your local farmers, you know, yeah. the farmer's markets. It's really great stuff because, you know, the more money you spend at Safeway or anywhere else, you know, you're basically supporting them. To yeah. keep doing what they're doing. I mean, there's a reason why Bud Miller and Coors are still in business. People buy that stuff. That's true. That's and it's the same true. way with food. So, you know, to really think about where you're, you're spending your money and what ingredients you're getting because, you know, ultimately what you pay for is what is going not only on your plate but in your body. So yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend you know what it is. And Agreed. Not saying that everybody should have a goat in their backyard, but, you know. Totally. No, but you know what? It doesn't hurt to um, to take a look around and figure out totally. where, your, where your food's coming from. And if you think about it, it, it's the most important thing that you purchase in your life. Um, it, it's what you're putting... three meals a day, right? It's, it's what you're putting into your body. And uh, it really wouldn't hurt to... Uh, and no one's going to think you're a freak by asking, hey, I'm just curious what farm did this come off of? And that's all you got to do. Then you can take that information back to your Google, and you can do all the research right from your Big desktop time. and figure out where that... that cow came from and, i know uh, uh, i'll tell you what you'll be you'll be frightened some of the time nyman ranch actually had it for a while where and i think it, it's still in play today where they actually have it so that um you can actually find the name of the pig and uh the meat that you actually got so the actual name of it the actual name of it like so yeah. you know like if it was barney or something like that is that what you're saying yeah that was pink elephants are great really, really good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty cool actually. i've always followed the rule i rather eat meat one time a week and yeah. know that it's a good quality meat it was maybe a little bit more expensive yeah, same like time. with a uh, beer I could go out and buy beer when I was a student, buy crappy beer every single day mm-hmm. for cheap, but I wouldn't do that. I would rather have one big night of the week where I have the good stuff. And do they have cheap beer in Germany? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, your crappy beer, though, is like our no. best, you know, pills. No. That's what you think, but there's wow. really some crappy-ass beer out in Germany, too. Wow. Like Keep beer that you can buy for like 25 you cents You guys just keep pint. it quiet, that's all. Really? <laughs> yeah, we keep it quiet. It's, yeah, you know, we don't want to talk club. about that necessarily, but there are some shitty beers out there too you got 40s nah <laughs> that's nah the that's camo silly. can <laughs> that's too bad the we dirty don't. little secret <laughs> <laughs> where are your recipes published if people want to know um they're going to be on the forum okay. um i'm not exactly sure where you're going to put them but tonight's uh, recipes will be on the forum and i don't know where we're going to put them either i'm just going to email them to daniela and she's going to put them somewhere I don't know if you want to create happen. like a food kind of you know topic or 
Oh, yeah. Uh, probably in general. Yeah. I'm guessing it, it's going to go to general beer related, and we're going to put our uh, uh, recipes from tonight's show there, and uh, we'll post all the ones that we're talking about. So don't sure. worry about writing all this down as we're no, talking about no, it. Please. I more want to get the methods out of you as yeah, we do it. It's all technique. I mean, the thing is, too, is I encourage all the listeners out there to experiment, and, yeah. you know, I'd love to hear your ideas. I mean, you know, I mean, I do a, a lot of stuff, but I always like to see what other people are doing. Sure. And, Pushing the envelope and all that kind of stuff. So cool. Some ideas. Definitely. Okay, we finished with the duck leg segment. So I think before we go to the sure. next one, we're going to do a break. Okay. Um, but first, good. I'm going to open the phones. Uh, type it in real quick for me, please, Danielle. There we go. We type that in. And phones are open. they're off. Just type in phones are open. Eight 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 four zero one beer is the number. The phones are open from the two clues that I gave so far. I'm not going to give the third clue right now. But I, I will open to those of you who want to go ahead and throw in a guess uh, right now and, and, and get that to us. Uh, and then throw in a wrong guess. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I guess I ought to put it back on the hook. And uh, there now everyone had the, had the proper chance. He's afraid it's going to explode if he throws it on the hook. I got a Skype call coming in, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to tell you why. And I'll take others from Skypers. He's international. And I think that our 800 number doesn't work sometimes. So if you also are from another country from the U.S., I'll take your Skype. And it's Phil from Brazil. <laughs> Phil, you got a guess for Phil. us? He wants that conical so bad. No, he's dying for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, what do you got? That bastard by Silver City. No, sir. Damn. I'm sorry. That's not it. Thank you, Phil. Real close, though. All right. Uh, that's, so it's not Fat Bastard, but... Uh, Good name for a beer, I'll tell you that right now. 888-401-BEER is the number. The phones are open. We'll take calls up until the break, and then we'll probably uh, kill the phones again and wait till after the next one. So uh, try to do them quickly, too, and uh, so that way everyone has a chance to get through. 888-401-BEER. In the meantime, go ahead, Daniel. Just have them on the show right away. Okay, I'll just answer them. All right, here we go. Let's do it that way. All right, caller, you got a guess? Is it a fat squirrel? Keep going. Uh, uh, Wisconsin, uh, New, New Glarus? Yes, sir. It is Fat Squirrel oh. from New Glarus Brewery. Wow. Good guess. Good one. Uh, and that, you, sir, are our first registrant. What's your name, sir? Of the week. Uh, Dustin J. Oh, hey, Dustin. How are you, hey. brother? Hey, you're now qualified to win one of the two conicals from Beer, Beer, and More Beer in HCA Industries. Okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Dustin, and please send me an email, Daniela at thebrewingnetwork.com. Include all your information. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm actually going to put you on hold and take it down there, too, just in case. So can we do that? Yeah, Daniela's tell me no, but I'm saying yes. Uh, because I want to double check <laughs> uh, it. I want to double check it. Yeah, the other clues we were going to give still was this one has short, uh, short hair and a long tail. And the last clue is going to be this brewery produces the beer we are looking for. Uh, the brewery that produces the beer we're looking for uh, has a strong Swiss heritage. And its name is also a canton and a town in Switzerland. And yeah, I would have never got that. Uh, well, we would have given a, a couple more clues. Just everybody keep in mind uh, for the future that it's kind of all the clues combined together. It's never just the one clue. Um, so you, sir, congratulations are our first registrant of the day. And uh, I, I hope uh, I wish you luck, man. Thanks a lot. All right, hold the line, please. Just uh, don't hang okay. up. Okay. So, Danielle, if you could please just take down that information real quick. Go ahead. And uh, we're going to go to break. 
When we come back, we're still going to be giving away another registration, and we've got more to talk about uh, today as well as far as our menu that uh, the homebrew chef, Sean Paxton, is here talking to us about. So hang in there, and when we come back, another chance to get registered and more food and beer. You're tuned to the Brewcast. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Ivan the Terrible. Yeah, too foreboding. Louis the Sixteenth. Hmm, not too popular. Hey, dude, what's up? What are you doing? Uh, tra- I'm trying to come up with a new name for the Brewing Network Sunday show. Really? Yeah. They're accepting entries. You know, from now till December 10th, the five best names will be entered for a chance to win one of the two conicals being given away by Beer, Beer, and More Beer in HCA Industries. Uh, I don't think that's what they mean. Buster, Buster. I had a cat named Buster. Dude, they're not going to name the Sunday show after your stupid cat. Roy. Are you feeling okay? Jim Bob? You're mental. Sally. Dude, you're supposed to come up with a fun and entertaining way of naming the show, not name the show. Dipstick, a kraut, and a drunk dentist. The Brewing Network Comical Christmas Giveaway. Name the show for your chance to win between now and December 10th. I'm on. Thank God. Not a moment too soon. Oh, oh, mm. There's no one in the room, right? All right. That's a really hard line. You wrote it. What's with the Abacast dream? God damn it. Oh, these are really hard. I'm just going to have to do this a bunch of times. Who wrote this shit? You know what? Go ahead and start me over. And just trash that trash that whole take. Hit that fucking whirlpool by Garosli. <gasps> Holy shit. I need some air. Damn, my yeast will not proof in my... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh. oh my god, I'm so white. Okay. Proof and fucking boobs being rude and my kid pulled the like out to save that a whole lot faster. This whole chat room I want now. Just in shit. That's a lot of words. 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen. Ow. I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen. Jum, blah, blah. That's the end of that. Then we're off into the pseudo chorus. I just got booted out of the chat room. Uh, I was so in the groove on the last one. That was crap. Holy shit, I just got booted out of the fucking chat room. <laughs> Did you have to laugh? Sweet shit, that likes life and arrow big. Damn, play you still not proof and I'm not out of here. Dog's little boys in my ear screaming. I realize that I'm missing two whole bars of lyrics. Damn, play you still not proof and fucking boobs being rude, my kid. I, that one's impossible. Think I can't think, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear. This is where it just goes falls apart. I don't know how this worked in my head. Motherfucker, drink. Drink. Oh, man, that's deep. Yeah, that always kind of hurt me. That part's easy. It's how do I fit all that other crap in there? All right, that's probably good enough for now. Oh, that's funny. Is that you? Oh, that's me. Shit. I'm throwing down an angry rap song. Oh, what time is it? Probably within the next 20 minutes. <laughs> I love you, sweetie. Okay, running out of time. That's the gay version. Okay, don't even think about putting that on there. 
<laughs> this is just pathetic, isn't it? Look at the two jerk-offs. I bet I don't have like a good ripping fart right now or something. Wait, uh, I'm actually touching cloth. Doc's <laughs> little voice in my head screaming. Are you gonna let Benny Man kill JT? <coughs> it really sounds like I'm on the pot, doesn't it? I think it does. Oh, this is a despair. Take a crap. I'm out. I like your dog. Oh, uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Don't let me show you my dip. I like your dog. Can you come on see us? Can you come on see us? I like your dog. Alcohol is the fun continuous thing. It just like squishes it down. I like it though. Keep back on, on again. Okay. Alcohol is the fun continuous thing. It just like squishes it down. I like it though. I'm empty. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? I'm empty. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? I like it though. What are we doing? And let everybody know what we're doing. Yeah. As soon as we know what we're doing. I like you so. Keep that gun on again. Okay, good. Keep that gun on again. Okay, good. I like you so. Maybe you can come on and see us. I like you so. I like you so. Don't let me show you my dip. Don't let me show you my dip. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Hey people, it's Daniela again. Your third clue is a bitter reaction. You're listening to three guys. Excuse me. What about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. I don't think it's just the cheese that stinks in here. I think it's my feet. It's something, because every time like I walk out the studio and then come on back in, I don't even want to be in here. It's that bad. Oh, you get used to it. You do get used to it, but that first uh, 30 seconds is tough. I didn't smell you. it this last time I came in, but the, the from the last break when I came in, just yeah. as you were talking about it. You got it. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, haven't, I haven't noticed, but I haven't left the studio. Well, nothing's yeah. offensive. I can't Come get on. my head through the door. I was Sullivan is so sick today. I was a little offended. It kind of smells like. Uh, I guess if it were my farts that it smelled like, I'd be fine. Is yeah. it totally weird that I like? Everybody likes their own brand. That's really weird. I you really came in and enjoyed the smell of this yeah. studio. I think that's the only reason why I can live with you. That's disgusting. Oh. That's freaky and disgusting. <laughs> that's a girlfriend for you. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, right. it's also German fetish. <laughs> yeah. 
You guys are into poop stuff. It's very strange. <laughs> poop porn. Whatever. <laughs> has all sorts of weird things like that. Uh, there's still going to be another chance to win. It's going to be for chat room users. Man, so, that was uh, a lot of fun. I want to thank everybody for calling in. I like this participation. It was awesome. Yeah, everybody was very cool, and we do appreciate you playing along the games with us, and uh, congratulations yeah. to the uh, user today who has been registered. Dustin. Uh, Dustin. We'll also be doing a chat room registration, so I encourage you to join the chat room and hang out in there. You can also send us your questions for our homebrew chef, Sean Paxton, while you're at it, and uh, we'll be doing that uh, uh. toward the end of the show, another chance to get registered to win. And then, of course, you podcasters can have your own competition going your own on. damn podcasters. <laughs> okay. I got uh, more questions coming in for you, but I want to get through sure. our planned meal, and I think there's only a couple other things we've got A couple more things. Um, you know, outside of just, you know, Giving all you guys out there some ideas, um, if you haven't already thought thought about it. But um, gravy, um, I do this wild mushroom gravy. Um, however many different kind of mushrooms you can get, um, I don't recommend unless you know the stuff from your yard if it's actually edible. But you know, uh, roughly the source uh, in the uh, what a source. Reputable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a source. reputable source. source. Yes. yes. I thought it was a type of mushroom that was like yes. a like a saurus. A dinosaur. Yeah, yeah yes. like a mushroom. Well, you know, they are spores. They've been around a long time. So it's true. But uh, what I recommend is uh, saute some uh, garlic or some shallots, maybe a little bit of onion, um, just a little bit, and uh, add some mushrooms of your choice, whether it's shiitake or portobello or cremini, which, believe it or not, are actually the same mushroom. Um, All and then three of those are the same mushroom? Just the portobello and Cremini. Oh, those okay. actually those little brown ones that you see. Those are actually mini portobellos. Really? So, so fla- no flavor difference. No flavor difference. Um, price difference. Price difference. There's yeah. a huge price difference, and they just leave them in the ground a couple more days, and that's what they get. So oh, is that what cool. it is? Yeah, it's pretty. It's funky. not like a different size cow pot. Patty it's that, uh, marketing. Yes. This is like the second flush, so they're all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> all right. Um, but you know, you can just use regular mushrooms if you want. Um, I tend not to do a roux to use as a thickening agent for the the stock. I just tend to like cook it down for a long time and really slow reduction, so you really get a great flavor. So I mean, that's why you're putting on a sauce. And um, yeah, Doppelbot goes great. So basically, once you've sautéed your garlic, your mushrooms, add in uh, deglaze with a little bit of beer, and uh, at that point, you want to go ahead and hit some chicken stock, season it if it needs seasoning, and. Um, but you can also use anything from like a Belgium Double. You could use a Malty Brown. You could use like a, a little bit of IPA. Um, not too much because that hoppiness will really counteract because you want something kind of earthy. You want those flavors of the mushrooms, you know, to really shine. Is it the bitterness or the green hop character that you keep saying you got to be careful about? Both. It is? Okay. Because one, I mean, that, that hop flavor really comes through, you know, and the the bitterness, those oils, you know, they just concentrate. Yeah. And uh, that's really what you have to be real careful of. And if you use too much, add a little bit of sugar, add a little bit of uh, honey. Okay. Or you can actually dilute it back down with some water or some more stock. Good idea. Just in case. And uh, that goes great on t- turkey or chicken. Um, so that thing you've been working on for half an hour, 45 minutes, and you blow it. Cause Oops. Yeah. You can still you can save salvage. It. Try to save it, yeah, because I mean that's really the art of being a chef. You know, It's all about food costs. So you just spend all this time and energy, and you got people showing up, and uh, everything's closed on Thanksgiving Day except for those two stores. Can't even order out. Oh, you can. You can always go to Chinese, you know. So that's true. Yep. So. We all saw that movie every year, <laughs> all day. I love that movie. It'll take your that's eye. It's a great out. movie. So I love when they're singing Jingle Bells. <laughs> Come on, that's classic. 
Okay. The yeah. leg lamp. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I saw one of those in the store. I actually thought about picking it up. Every good home bar needs a leg lamp. Oh, I think the studio it. needs a leg lamp. Yeah, I think you're right. If it you could find a leg ambience. lamp, I would put that sucker in the studio tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. now there's a call out. There yeah. is a competition <laughs> right there. Right there. Send us a leg lamp. And I don't mean what, like a summer. Does that little... mean you get registered for the conical? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. You're yeah. crazy. Well, it's got to be the leg lamp. Yeah, I don't mean like some midget's leg. I want like a leg. No, you want to put a stocking on. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. I see eBay. I don't know. And if you're one of those listeners that's real freaky, I'm not talking about a human leg here. Like, not a, <laughs> not a real leg. Mort. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, uh, don't send me your relative's leg, okay? I sent you the leg. I put a fixture on it. I thought you put it in the studio. Yeah, you leave Mort out of it. my girlfriend's toe. Your studio smells funny right now. Oh, man. Hell, they wanted a lamp. I'll make a lamp out of it. They want a lamp. <laughs> sure, I can make a lamp. Uh, Got me a leg right here. <laughs> right here. Okay. <laughs> How quickly we go downhill. Go I on, think it's because we're under the course and don't. What is what's going on here? Yeah. Oh, I tell you. Nothing right. like a little Christmas beer. Back to the gravy. Yes. <laughs> so pretty much, um, even you know, if you want to experiment with... All those new holiday beers that are all coming out right now, too. You can play around a little bit with those, but remember, they are going to be really spicy. And, you know, those flavors and how they're going to play with the food, you know, it's really what I'm trying to explain is it's not just about following a recipe, but it's also seeing what makes sense to you and what your flavors and what your taste buds and what you enjoy, you know, because that's really where I think it comes down with food, you know, and, and pairing it with a good beer because... You think about those different beers and how well they taste and they're made, and then you start thinking about what goes well with them. I mean, what kind of stuff have you done, Dr. Scott? Excuse me? Like, what kind of foods or flavors or anything? I mean, like, have you cooked with beer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I usually like to cook it down into a sauce or a glaze. And, totally. And uh, pour it over like, nice steak uh-huh. that uh, we've done. Um Vegetables like uh, traditional, like yams. Oh yeah, and things. I'll use a, a spiced ale for that. Totally, one. and that that'd works, be killer. That really is nice. You cook that down, you add some sugar to it. Uh huh. It goes over the yams really nicely. It's. It, I usually try to think of the food first, and then exactly. I start hunting for the for the beers that would would work in the recipe. See what's in your them. fridge. Yeah. and See what works. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, you know. I mean, play around. I mean, the most it's going to cost you is a couple bucks, but you know. Right. It's your time. And it, you might want to experiment on the family a couple of times before you, <laughs> you have everybody <laughs> over for family. Thanksgiving. Let's over. try it out on the children. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Yeah. And see if they make it through the night. Yeah. <laughs> Little Jimmy's looking green, but he's a pussy. Don't worry about him. <laughs> he's got a weak constitution. <laughs> <laughs> we wow. got to toughen him up anyway. He's going to end up like Meatless Mary. <laughs> well, I noticed that the, the little ones didn't like my... Uh, Bourbon sweet potatoes too much. Really? You really? Them in the cream wow. with the goats. That sounds good. They were, it was really good. I I loved them. Most of, most of the people like little kids didn't like. But it even so like your pecan pie. I mean, you could use a barley wine if it's not overly hopped. Really? Um, oh yeah. Why not? I don't know. Why not? Sounds hey. great, actually. Did the kids just like uh, aside from the flavor? How they feel after they ate your your bourbon potatoes? Well, they wouldn't eat them very much, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most of the other people, especially the dads, really liked it. It's too bad. You should have told them, listen, kids, I know you don't like it now, but give it an hour. Well, yeah, I'm not sure that they would ate the sweet potatoes in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But, you know, the half a bottle of Jack Daniels on top didn't hurt anything either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the Jack Daniels, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, so moving on from gravy. So mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. I mean, you could do like, you know, a roasted garlic. You could add some IPA into that. That would yeah. be kind of fun. That's what you have in your recipe that you gave us, right? Is it IPA that's in your mashed potatoes in the recipe you gave us? Um, actually, I haven't actually written that recipe yet, um, but why not? Like blue dot well, would be good. I think in the you, you gave me just a sort of list of yeah, a few just things about the recipe. Ideas, yeah. Because I want to talk about that. How would you... Uh, when I read the the beer <laughs> in mashed potatoes... You're like, whoa. I, well, I'm a mashed potatoes guy. Uh, and we it? got a secret family recipe with and our mashed potatoes. And, uh, and, but it doesn't have beer in it. And I'm actually because, thinking secret. of, of mm. altering our secret family recipe with the, with the beer wow. idea. So Does that have like me. 11 herbs and spices? Uh, it, that would actually be a little too complicated. Now, wait a minute. Hold on a second here. Yeah. you got a secret family recipe for mashed potatoes. So yeah. I, you got it. Come on. No. It's, wow. I mean, you know what is you it? open the gates right there. You've got what? What's mashed, your secret? You've got your potatoes. You've got probably milk. Is it the kind of potatoes? you got butter, some cream. Cream, probably. Cream. Sour cream. Sour cream. There's all, there's all of these things. Toe yeah. jam. Yeah. There's, there's combinations of all of these things. And now I'm thinking of. I'm not gonna. I can't say it. Listen, you might want to call your mom and get permission. I can't. She won't give me permission. There's a. There's not a lot that's sacred in my life. I'll spit it oh, all wow. out. But uh, the secret family recipe. Now that's something else. Now if it was a beer recipe, I'd give it to you. But these are our. <laughs> these are the Crosley potatoes. Are you making money off this? Oh, I don't. I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> good recipe. Where could I find them? The yeah. only reason why he told me is so that I could cook it for him. Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so she has no, we got to hit the other. No problem giving no. it up, right? No, it's a Crosley recipe. <laughs> yeah. It's a secret family stuff. Yeah. No. It's not your family. I mean, this goes back at least three years. Yeah. Uh, so it tells Which is you. a lot for an American Ancient. family. A full time. <laughs> hey, let's call your mom. She, she might be buzzed. She might give it up. <laughs> it's true. She might. I'm not calling her just for that reason. <laughs> she gave up all our secret rent. It turns out that she got out of a Betty Crocker uh, book. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm afraid to find out because we don't have many traditions. Our potatoes are, are one of them and I'd hate to find out that some bum on the street read it out of Betty Crocker yeah. and uh, gave it to her. So let's go on to the beer. How would I do beer in my potatoes? So boil your potatoes, you know, peel, slice them up, um, throw them in the water, boil them. Um, at that point, you know, do like some roasted garlic mm-hmm. um, because, you know, garlic is really, really sweet. Um, there's all that flavors, especially when you roast it. And uh, add like a little like splash, you know, but basically what you want to do and a trick for mashed potatoes is always to, like, after you've boiled them, strained them, um, you want to beat them first before you add any fat or butter or milk or cream or anything like that because okay. that will actually help eliminate any lumps because once you add a fat in there, you're always going to have lumps. I see. So you want to do Sean that first. Lumps. So you're so when you put it <laughs> is into that the whatever, recipe? I don't know. whatever your mashing uh, Mash them ve- first. vessel is, you're not adding anything but the potatoes. Mushed. Yes. Okay. But you don't want to overmix them because you do start to work out the gluten and they get kind of gummy. Okay. So okay. and once they've gone gummy, it's hard to bring them back. Yeah. But you yeah. know you could add more cream, butter, and fat. But right. But basically at that point, you want to add in um, butter, roasted garlic, um, if that's been cooked in butter or olive oil, mm-hmm. whatever. Add all that, and then what you want to do is um, take, like, you know, a couple tablespoons IPA. Why not? Throw it in there, and then hit it with 
the cream and the milk and get have that right consistency. Have you done this or this is all theory? Uh, I have actually played around a little bit with it. So. And, and how did it come out? It was nice. Because to me, no it family sounds secret, like a perfect match. Well, it's just, I mean, why not add wasabi to your mashed potatoes? I mean, it's spicy, it's fun, it's it's totally different. Yeah, I mean, you can do so many different things with mashed potatoes. I mean, even depending on what kind of potatoes. I mean, you can do yams instead. You could right. do sweet potatoes. You could do, you know, those little... Red potatoes. Red potatoes or Yukon Golds or, you know, not just your Russets. Crosley so. potatoes. Mm-hmm. You yes. never know. What Whatever. You never They're not know. really even potatoes. That's I'll tell you what, I think... They're out of a box. I right? think <laughs> this year... Yeah, it's like... Uh, yeah, mom. It's a, your mom's it's making real <laughs> Mom, mom, what's going on? What's it's so easy. We don't even have to here. peel them. Nothing, son. That better be for the kids' table. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Have you graduated to the adult table yet? Have one of your uncles died, so you can oh. move up from the card table in the garage. Last year, I was allowed to sit at the adult table. If that's what you mean. <laughs> wow. Pretty much, yeah. Well, not really at it, but really close to it. If you ate really fast, you could go up and hang out with the adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I'm altering the recipe. I think we're going to throw a little IPA in our potatoes this year. Hey, why not? I think the family might flip out on me, but uh, we're going to give it a go. So that's that. Um, and other than that, you know, I mean, that's pretty much covers outside of, you know, all the green bean casseroles and anything else you guys might do out there. Sure. So. The other things. Okay. The other things. Okay. Um, so with that, then, I can go ahead. And by the way, we're going to be posting these recipes uh, on the website. And there is now a thank you to our good friend and uh, website uh, forum admin, Lufa. There is now a, a food segment on our forum at the Brewing Network. So uh, since, we, since Thanks, we've Lufa. been discussing it, you can now go to the forum under food, and we'll get these recipes posted for you uh, ASAP. And that way you can know what we're talking about. Okay. Somebody, uh, I guess... Yes. Well, so back to the to the bitterness of IPAs. People sure. were wondering about cooking with hoppy beers, and does it increase the bitterness in the food, for example? So I yes. guess we can just recap that real quick, so everybody yes. knows. So basically, yes. <laughs> Um, if you think about it, you know, anytime you're cooking, you know, you are reducing your, you know, concentrating all those flavors. And so, yes, you are bringing out more bitterness because it's less liquid and uh, it does go up, not necessarily exponentially, but, you know, it definitely gets a lot right. stronger. So Use sparingly. Use sparingly. And then also, too, you know, if it's a real hoppy beer, you know, really think about, you know, what do you want to taste? Because it's all about flavor and balance. And to kind of get back to that thing, it's like, what is your main ingredient? And that's really what you want to be tasting, you know. Your sauces and everything else—that's just stuff to kind of complement the meal, not to completely be the main component. So, I mean, that's the real trick: is to try to make it balanced and flavorful, and yet, you know, add a different level of like a dimensional flavor. You know, it's not just salt; it's not just like c- citric or you know vinegar or anything like that. Because I mean, you can use like a goose and a vinaigrette, and you don't really have to use any vinegar because it already has a acetic component already into it so i mean to really think beyond you know it's like okay this is how i'm going to use a spear versus just oh let's just throw some of this in which sometimes that works out great too sure okay uh someone wants to know if there's anything to worry about using beer with wild game not at all are (laughs) you kidding oh man wild game is killer it's also fun to kill wild game (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go out and i don't know if i'm going out with shooting with you and cheney i don't know (laughs) There we could have had venison this morning if I just... You know, oh. They're right on my back porch. Yeah. Wild game with uh, the whole idea with beer is just amazing. This is the shooting wild game but song it in not Germany. No. Let's go with what are you guys shooting? We're shooting all stuff. kinds of stuff. <laughs> stuff. That's what I'm saying. Stuff. Hey, you want to know what the food section of our forum is called? 
food and stuff? Great food by Grossly. Oh, ah, yeah. very better. nice. I like it. Nice. Very nice. That was quick. Okay, any ideas for cooking with beer in a crock pot? And by the way, I'm a big fan of the <laughs> crock pot. For one, because I'm white, and white people love crock pots. <laughs> I got a crock I tell you, pot. You'll never find a crock pot in a non-white house, and, and I'm going to I'm gonna stand by that statement. Oh, crock pot <laughs> cooking is great. Uh, so ideas it's for... Slow uh, food cooking. cooking. Oh, definitely. Slow it happens food. at my house yes, all the there time. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause all you the way can, from Italy. Because yeah. you can put it in on Sunday, and you can eat it on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. It's fine. That's slow. Definitely. That's real slow. Um, what's interesting is is that basically anytime you cook in a crock pot, I always recommend browning your stuff first, but uh, substitute some of the liquid um, with beer. Use uh, like a chili or a stew. Yeah. I do a killer lamb stew in a pro- crock pot, and uh, let me tell you, you know, I mean, even like a beef stew with like um, a scotch ale, like McEwen's, mm-hmm. oh man, that makes a great scotch ale. But my right? my oh. wife's cooking in the crock pot like Sunday night or to mm-hmm. Monday night. She's, I, I need some beer. How much? So Twelve ounces. So I went out and poured her, and she wanted dark beer, so I went out and poured her a stout. Oh yeah. Put it out there. She goes, well, "I meant tomorrow." And so there's a twelve ounce beer stand in there. Yeah. And I go, "Okay, well, whatever." And I went out to do something else. I came back, and three gone. quarters of it was gone. And I never thought she even. I never even offer her a stout because I never thought she'd drink it. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost all hey, gone. Like the dark beers. Hounded it. It was amazing. It was so, well, that's pretty good. But stout would be killer to cook with. Yeah. Um, that porters, um, especially with your big stews, I mean, it really holds up well. I mean, the, those flavor, the roast, the malt, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, all those, like, even the coffee, I mean, I think it's just great. Now, I'm going to go this far with the beer in the crock pot. Uh, some of you out there, you got the wives and the girlfriends who don't like beer at all and they won't cook with beer and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, next time they're cooking in the crock pot, say you get up for that late night pee or whatever, get your ass to the kitchen and pour some beer in there. I don't care what's in the crock pot. I guarantee it's going to be better by you sneaking some beer into it. Remember the alcohol, too, like we talked a little bit about, you know, the idea that, you know, alcohol helps, you know, bring out those flavors and it really does you know enhance a dish yeah. you know it's it's like using a little bit of the lemon juice at the end of your you know whatever you're doing alcohol it just enhances up. a lot of things it, that's it right does. Yes. all kinds of things <laughs> tell us more doctors <laughs> okay all right now here's something i want to uh, get back to a question that came through sure. earlier oh, is this, uh, this is, is a this great question, question about beer co- byproducts i think this is really he says since we're all brewers could we use any product or byproduct from the brewing process to cook with and what kind of effect would that have uh he says for example well, what, what would be different about marinating in uh, wort versus beer so, uh, you know, different ways Great to take our, our brewing process and incorporate it to our food. Using wort um, is actually really fun because there is not a lot of bitterness, depending on the beer that you brewed. Um, I actually always happen to have um, uh, wort starters just around, and I don't really use any hops in mine, so I'm able just to pop from that, and uh, it actually works real well because uh, it adds a, a nice level of sweetness. Um, it a lot also more sugars involved. A lot so, more sugars, yeah. um, you know, because they haven't been all converted by those wonderful yeast, and uh, they sacrifice themselves. And it would seem but, like uh, wort would be better for the gamey food to me, because it would kind of uh, do more to cover up Yes that. and no. I mean, you know, it might the be better for spicy stuff. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it does add the complexity because like especially like with um oh, what did i just do the other day i used some uh some wort and um a nice sauce and you know what's nice about it is is that you don't have to worry about any real bitterness um if you've taken it out before you started adding your hop additions but uh wort is a great way just to start using the sugars and that extra caramely toffee you know because it's just like the kettle boil you know when it's really strong and vigorously you know 
mm. boiling away, you get sure. that great caramel complexity to a beer, and uh, why not? Or just tasting the runoff from the mash. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because that's where I think it's really, it's strong, it's mm-hmm. rich. Um, even if it's, you know, to porter stout to a pale ale, I mean, it's all going to be really good. Yeah, when uh, Justin and I were doing the Doppelbach, we were Ooh. tasting the, the runoff from the mash. And oh, man. I want to have a glass right there. Seriously. It's nice. And that's, I mean, you can use that and reduce that down and put it in ice cream. Put it, you know, I mean, you can use it in a lot of different things. And it's, mm. you know, or even in your whipped cream, you know, just a little bit. And that's a nice way to put the, you know, the beer in the dessert, you know, because the bitterness and the hoppy components in dessert don't always work. So that's a great way to do it. So it works a little better. Totally. Yeah. And also you can use the spent grains in bread or pizza dough. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask about. Everyone talks about the bread with this. Yeah. With this is that all you can use the spent grains for? I haven't really thought of a whole lot because, I mean, if you really think about it, you know, and if if you know what you're doing and you've mashed and you've really sparged efficiently, you know, you're not really trying to pull any of the tannins out. So all, all you're really left is with tan- tannin and fiber. I mean, and if you need more fiber in your diet, that's yeah. a great way to get it. Maybe, oh, there's there's some, brand, some residual brand sugar maybe. in there, though. There is some, but, I mean, if you really, you know, if you had a good crack on your grain yeah. and you mashed it really well and whether you did a step mash, infusion mash, or mm-hmm. decoction, I mean, you've pretty much converted all the sugar. And if you sparged it right, you've... Taking it all. I mean, if, if you're doing like a first running barley wine and you got a lot left over, yeah. I mean, you could maybe put put some in your pancakes. You could put some in your waffles. Why not? But uh, for the most part, I mean, it's just pretty much fiber. You know, I think it's a novelty. You know, what I mean, I don't well, know what so else you if, do with it. If you're one of those people who buys Metamucil for various reasons, then uh, you could you could exactly. do that. you could make your own shake out of the. Uh the, the grain. Definitely. I mean, I wouldn't really recommend, you know, wrapping cheese in it or anything <laughs> right. like that. But but your colon won't know what hit it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, that's what it's some people It's colon blow. <laughs> colon blow. Yeah. yeah. Colon bro, blow homebrew. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other uh, byproducts uh, that we could uh, use? What about hop troop? I'm uh, just I'm just asking. It sounds ridiculous, wow. I know, but I, I wonder, you know. It's a great idea. I I, I can't really think of anything to use leftover spent hops no. or the yeast slurry. The yeast slurry on top of ice cream. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, put that in ice cream. And that drizzle that will top. help with anything in the morning. <laughs> That's right. And all through the night. Have that with your morning coffee. Yeah, I can't really think of any other byproducts unless you have a beer that went south and, you know, if you can use it in a different way. But remember, you know, it's all about ingredients and the quality you really put in the food, you know. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay, the last thing that I want to cover with you, uh, because you, uh, in, in speaking to you off the air about uh, you know various reasons of why we brew and then and then why we cook, and we mentioned this very briefly at the beginning of the sure. show. Something that I really like about your brewing philosophy is that you say you know we can we can brew for any occasion. Yeah, we can be, and not just that we can brew for it, but we can find inspiration uh, for brewing. Yeah. And this kind of, I think, it, and there's some professional brewers out there that are great at talking about this. Peter Bukart from New Belgium, exactly. Yeah, you know, we can uh, getting away from brewing to style, getting away just brewing something that you, if you uh, stop and think about something that you like, and and this is going to sound ridiculous, but let's say you like Super Bowl Sunday. You're you're a huge fan of Super Bowl Sunday. Mm. 
Well, you can kind of sit around as a brewer and think about what Super Bowl Sunday means to you. It means friends. It means a salsa. It means buffalo wings. Uh, buffalo wings. Whatever Seven it means. Seven layer bean dip. And you yeah. can sit down and think of a beer that would complement all, all of those things. Maybe it would be a spice beer. Maybe it would be a beer to counter all the spicy food that you have on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh-huh. And whatever it is, and you can really create. And I just really loved your ideas talking about that. And then you were relating it to food as well. Well, that's the thing. Like um, about six years ago, I saw a lecture with Peter Buchard, and it, it, it was amazing. I mean, he is kind of going through a little bit of the background, and you know, Rodenbach, where he used to work, and and in the middle of his presentation, he just stops, and there's a slide of this staircase, and he doesn't say anything for like two minutes, and you're just looking at this staircase, and freak me out. It was a beautiful staircase, and it really made you stop, and you're like, okay, he's meaning to stop. You're like, okay, dead air, you know. But then all of a sudden, you really look at the staircase, and the railing, the detail work, I mean, it was really beautiful. And then after two minutes, he kind of says, this inspires me. This makes me want to brew a beer. And it was really kind of beyond just, uh, I want an IPA. It was beyond, you know, I want a stout. I want to make an imperial stout for the holidays. You know, it was like, let's really rethink how we come up with a beer style or a beer recipe that's not necessarily style specific. Yeah. And it was really kind of eye-opening to me because there's so many great food ingredients, you know, that we have access to, whether it's different grains, different sugars, different spices, stuff that you normally might not pick up. I mean, you know, brewing with rice. I mean, like your red pilsner that you had at NorCal, and yeah. that was really good. I mean, there's like, you know, the black Thai rice. Why mm-hmm. not brew a beer yeah. with that? Or, you know, we have like kefir lime leaves, like I brought some today. I mean, just smell this, you know, or this is lemon verbena. And it's different herbs and spices, and hey, how can I brew with this? Yeah. You know, and to think more about the flavor of the beer and being able to really design a menu, whether it's incorporating that beer or with that beer as a main ingredient, because we're home brewers. I mean, why not do that? Yeah. I mean, there's so much that we're not even tapping into yet. Right. I mean, think about beer dinners. They're very linear, you know, and I mean, I can even attest to that because I've done very linear things because it's what people will buy. But, you know, all the people out there that are brewing, why not brew a beer that's just like, man, this is wild. Like I just did a a beer that we had earlier today that has eight different grains in it. You know, it has spelt and amaranth and barley and rye and buckwheat. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I have a beer that um, we're going to try here in a little bit that has four different kinds of sugar in it. Wow. I mean, why not? That's right. And I like, uh, you know, I, I mean, like it's fermentable. I, it's yeast. I mean, they're going to eat it. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's just, uh, I've it's taken flavored. some Asian cooking classes, and there's so many ingredients that I haven't even heard of before. Like the long pepper? Have you yeah, played with that? Yeah, just even the lemongrass oh, yeah. and some of these things that I've never even heard of before that were just, if you get familiar with these kind of things, you stop thinking linearly. I mean, smell this. This is... Smell that. Lemon verbena. <laughs> and it has this, this amazing just smell to it, and it's just so fragrant. And that in a saison, it's incredible. Like Lemon Fresh Pledge. Doc yeah. is smelling Sean's finger right now. Just so you guys <laughs> green fingers. You like that, don't you? <laughs> but See, I like that the... That 
Uh, I, I kind of relate. Here's what I was thinking about when you started talking to me about brewing shop. by what you're inspired <laughs> by and using these different ingredients. There's a thread on our forum right now that people wanted to know about their uh, other brewers' yearly brewing schedule. Yeah. And the question was, how do you plan out your year of brewing? And of course, some people said, I don't plan it out. I just I brew when I can. But the the only answers that really came through, I haven't read it in a couple of days. But when I re- when I followed it for the first few days, the only answers that came through for a regimented brewing schedule were really focused on brewing for competitions and when you'd get your beer yeah, ready, which time. I think is a great reason to plan your schedule. But is that why we brew? It's it's not necessarily why we brew. Some yeah. I think some people evolve I mean, into John that. That's great job. fine too. I mean that 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 is an amazing thing to get. Sure, homebrew of the year. I mean that is. But I mean, talk about that's a lot of dedication. That's, that's right. All brewing to style, and that's one reason to brew, and that's fine. But yeah. others, you could actually brew up a schedule. Uh, just based on your own events. Big time. Maybe you've got a family gathering uh, that happens once a year. A special barbecue uh, sure. or a crawfish boil. Or Maybe the 4th of July is big, big to time. you. Maybe it's some other holiday. Maybe it's a religious holiday. Whatever it might be. And uh, what I guess I'm saying is that I really want to encourage people to do, because I was really inspired by it and it made me think a lot about it, is not just to think about having beer available that you brewed for mm-hmm. these events, but to think about what the events mean mean to you and and what they represent and brew a beer that you think would complement that and and, and like I said, if that has to do with the food that are, that's there, uh, then maybe you want the, the beer to complement that, or maybe it's v- maybe it's it's completely esoteric and it, and it's really just about the family or the friends and what that means to you. But you can maybe it sounds a little weird, but I just think that you can be oh. inspired by a lot of things. And if you're going to spend the time to create a beer, I think it's a new way to look at at, at creating the beer for that particular thing. And no, I really I, liked that. I think it's a great idea because you know, like I mean, I brewed eight beers for my wedding. And then I had a hard cider and a mead too. Hmm. And the fact that everybody there had all my own homebrew. Yeah. And, you know, a few people had, you know, my Saison. It was a hot day. They were in the Redwoods and they're sipping a beer as we're having our ceremony. And that to me is why I brew. They got to drink during the ceremony. It was pretty cool. cool. Is that? And the thing is, (laughs) I had a few of my brew buddies they were just loving it and and w- in fact i would want to build pews with taps like right uh, <laughs> there uh, so that they're a little glass holder right yeah. there yeah, yeah. That's after fantastic. the first reading everybody will fill up <laughs> that's right and see that's the thing too is is that to really think beyond because it's not just a beverage i mean yeah, yeah it quenches our thirst you know we drink it but if we're going to spend the time to brew it make it mean something yeah i mean yeah. put your heart and soul in it you know right. and that's what's kind of fun about this whole idea too is is that to really go beyond the style and go beyond what tastes good and, and, and really think about what you want something to taste and how you want people to interpret it. Because, yeah. you know, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, like, Cuvée de Tommy and all these, you know, these grand beers that are so highly prized is because, you know, I don't think it was just sitting around saying, hey, you know, I think I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at yesterday. I mean, there was 43 barrel-aged beers yesterday. And those were how many different barrels? I mean, we had bourbon barrels and wine barrels and port. port. port and, yeah. and, I mean, you really think about the complexity and... I mean, that's not just like, you know, oh, I'm going to brew this today. Yeah, I, mean, I drank every single one of them. <laughs> Sean did. Two yeah, four ounces. Is oh, that why you're not feeling to, uh, judge I judged it. So you tasted every single? Every single one of them. It was a four and a half hour judging thing. We were in the basement. Yeah. Whoa. I missed the entire oh. festival. Yeah, by the time I saw Sean at like four o'clock, he was, he was hunched toast. over in the corner with somebody's underwear on his head. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what was happening anymore. 
It's a Sold long day. myself. But you're right about it, it, people kind of thinking outside the box about that sort of thing. But I, I guess I think that people uh, are starting more and more to think about that. Hey, let's just think Big outside time. the box and come up with new ingredients. I liked the aspect that Peter talks about and that you were talking about of, is is of not just thinking about new ingredients, but but thinking about how they relate to the occasion and being yeah. inspired by something and yeah. then creating because of it. We'll talk all the time about how brewing is half science and half art. Yeah, but we this spend a lot piece. more time talking about the science than we do the art. Well, it helps this, the art come through because we, we now have the skills and the knowledge and the experience to pull it off. Sure, I mean that's actually Peter Bocard. He talks about uh, the Ryan Heitzkopold of Belgium. It's it's uh, experience. Is that like Leopold's brother, yeah. Heitzkopold? <laughs> But the idea of, you know, experience, knowledge, and experimentation, you know, I mean, it's just like going out there and trying something new, because really, why not? I mean, there's all these different sugars, and, you know, from all around the world, like Randy Mosher's Radical Brewing, I mean, what a great book. I mean, you flip through that, and if you're not inspired, or like at least walk away with something, I mean, read it again. I mean... There's so many great ideas and so many things that it's just like I never even thought about using that. I mean, yeah. why you not? Know, you know, along those lines uh, about having... You know, watermelon t- new beer. Uh, taking on the art of brewing. Uh, we do this beer at the 218 called Holiday Spice Beer. And, oh, that's uh, killer. We actually add uh, spices into it, and I never write it down. Every year I never write it down. Never add the spice additions at all. Because what I'll do is I'll go into this organic grocery store. Uh, near us, Rainbow Ra- Ra- Market. Yeah, Rainbow Market, and I'll go in there and I'll just look at the spice wall and I'll just smell and taste and you know rub it in my hand and see what it's all about and decide what I'm going to do with it. And, and they have uh, like 500 different spices. I mean, yeah, it's absurd. And it's a lot of fun to do. The only thing, the only rule I have is uh, don't add too much nutmeg because that's overpowers. Yeah. Everything. But, yeah. but believe me, I don't even know what I added last year. I have an idea Still, what I did, but I'll go in there. And but just every have fun year, with it. Sean, I mean, that beer is so balanced, and you know, there's so many beers that I have out there that are so overspiced and that is just an amazing thing Thank that you, you do I mean really well I that mean, kind of begs the question to me if you don't write it down uh, how do you d- I can understand going in and choosing which spices you want to use just on a whim but how do you decide about quantities then see that's that's the trick and that's the fun is that you don't know and uh, you we've never blown it uh, it's always been a good beer mm-hmm. but it's kind of what you were talking about uh, Peter from uh, New Belgium it's actually Actually, kind of looking at that staircase, and for me, it happens to be a big wall of spices and herbs. Yeah, and uh, seeing what's going to jump out of you, and it's an—it's actually kind of an awesome experience. And as a brewer, you don't really have that, that luxury to do that very often. As a professional brewer, you, to walk into a store like that and just literally like paint with these various, you know, these uh, these various spices and herbs that are essentially the palette of uh, yeah. the creation you're going to make. People are going to think we ate mushrooms in the middle. I know. I can't. <laughs> I, I think it might be I have a little fever going on and I'm tripping. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that idea. And I'll tell you, so we're talking about a, a, on a homebrew level. For a professional brewer, Sully, to not write down the recipe of a beer that you yeah. make every well, year. I, well, the, the, you know. I, I got the the base recipe is written down. Okay. So, so it's just whatever so, you add. Yeah, it, so it's the it's the things that are going to give you, you know, the the spice and herb flavor as well as the aroma. And yeah. It's, just, it's a lot of fun. We're actually going to go down there on Monday and do exactly that tomorrow. That's cool. So. That's very cool. And that's really what, you know, when we were talking, Justin, you know, the whole concept of 
thinking beyond the box. Yeah. You know what I mean, because really, we get so trapped into style and we get so, you know what I mean, unless we're just brewing for competitions. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with a Pilsner or a Hefe or anything like that, but to really get back to the concept of enjoying a flavor and, you know, how that might pair with a dinner. Because, I mean, there's cooking wines, but why aren't there cooking beers? Yeah. You know, I mean, why not make beers for cooking? And one, I mean, we can do that at a homebrew level. I mean, because five gallons, we put it in a keg, use it when you need to use it, or bottle it. You know, you have 12-ounce bottles, boom, it's perfect in this sauce, it's perfect in that chili, it's perfect in that stew. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a whole other level, you know. Brewing to cook. Big time. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to play a little game with you, Uh-oh. and then we're going to take a break, <laughs> and then we're going to register somebody the- else to uh, to win a conical, and we're going to play Stump the Brew. Uh-oh. So that's my outline for the rest of the show. Here's the game. Uh, this was cool. I, I just uh, it was given to me by listeners in the chat room, and they wanted to know um, a, for you to suggest beer that goes with different foods. Sure. But Uh-oh. instead of let you kind of um, let me pick, clear my head. pick a few, okay. I'm going to alter it a little bit than how they asked it. I'm going to name the food, and I want you to give me the first beer. That, that comes to mind. Well, it, but not if <laughs> not if it's ridiculous. The first beer that comes to mind that you think would work. Sure. Because rather than have you li- list six beers, I think it might be kind of uh, cool and efficient for you to just give us the first one that you think might go great with it. And then it. we'll put it all together and analyze your personality later. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Look at the staircase. Okay. Will that work for would the listeners, you, like you think, down? Danielle? Aww. That would be okay as an answer? That would be great, Okay. Yes. So I got a few types of food here, and give us your first one. And in fact, uh, just for fun, Sully, I'm going to have you answer after as well. Okay. Just to get another opinion here. Okay. Okay. Um, ready? Sure. Here we go. The first one is chicken. Half of Eisen. Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sully's going to answer Coors Light for everyone. <laughs> Damn, that was my bit. <laughs> Steak. Doppelbach. I'd say stout. Hmm. That's interesting. The stout answer. Doppelbach, I'm, I'm right there with you. Stout? I wonder. Any uh, stout cream sauce? Mm-hmm. Mm, that could be good. That's killer. Fish. Wit. I'd say Kolsch. I'd say Pilsner. A wit would be nice, though, too. Mm. I think yeah. the orange, the coriander. Yeah. yeah. A nice yeah. piece of halibut. Like a beer blanc. Vegetables. Well, that's pretty broad. Yeah. Green vegetables. Well, you can, we can go into detail a little bit. Okay. So, so, bro- so broccoli. Category, maybe categories of vegetables, I don't broccoli. know. Broccoli. Um, what would be good with broccoli? I don't know if any beer would go good with broccoli. <laughs> well, okay, what? Broccoli, like if it's broccoli rabi, let's say, it's got a little bit of bitterness to bitterness, it. So maybe some, some something sweet or hoppy. Sort of yeah. Sweet. yeah. yeah. Like so maybe, maybe like an IPA or a triple? Well, yeah, English, I say English I triple came to my mind. Yeah. yeah. English brown ale? Yeah. Okay. Something malty? All right, yeah. and then go, I don't know, something like corn, you know, so a sweeter vegetable then. <laughs> Why did I think Budweiser? <laughs> <laughs> Coors Light. Because corn is very flat tasting and kind of plain. <laughs> Corona. Now, um, corn, like in a bisque or something, um, let's see here, you could easily do something like uh, Berliner Weiss, I think would be kind of fun. Okay. Well, Berliner Weiss. Pasta. Again, man, that's pretty broad. I mean, yeah. we're talking lasagna. We're talking about penne. No, let's do both. Let's do lasagna. Okay, red sauce. So, like a pasta. like a red sauce lasagna meat. Red sauce lasagna. Um, I think like a Flanders red would be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know that rich. You know that sour tart, but you know it really balances out the uh, the acidity. But something like an Alfredo. Um, you probably want something hoppy to really cut the the cream content. 
um, pale ale or IPA, I think, with that. Okay. Uh, you know, if you're doing like pasta carbonara or something like that, you know, I think uh, something like a brown or maybe um, you might be able to do like a porter. Yeah. That'd be kind or of an interesting. Amber. An amber, Sully, yeah, an red amber sauce pasta, uh, Beaujolais. White sauce? <laughs> no, I, I... Bless uh, you. Uh, <laughs> I, What'd you uh, call me? <laughs> I, uh, red sauce pasta, I'd probably more inclined. That's those pretty sharp acidic flavors with the uh, tomato and all that, uh, along with maybe some cheese. Uh, I would probably go with a um, American red. Okay. Ooh. A little bit of hoppiness to it, but also a nice malt backbone. Okay. It's a great beer. Not that you judge that. While we're on the pasta... Pizza. Pizza. Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You read my mind. Definitely Coors Light. <laughs> no, I think like a good IPA. Bad pizza. Really? Um, because really? I think like the pepperoni, um, the cheese. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'd go Pills. Me I would too. Too. I would Pills go is good. Um, I'm calling you stupid right now. <laughs> hey, go for it, man. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. Are you going to take it outside? I'm trying to, I have IPA a lot, and I'm actually trying to think the last time I had IPA with pizza. Yeah, it totally well, worked. Yeah, it was yeah. fine, too. <laughs> well, most of the pizza joints, though, I mean, how many great beers do they have on tap? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, your round table, I mean. I ate pizza a lot yesterday, at least three different times. Really? What uh, is going on? It, it was the end of the soccer season, oh. end of the season party. Pizza and, day. And pizza. This place, then pizza later at this place, then pizza later at this place. And she had Coors Light? Oh, uh, no. Was I it a pizza taste? Sierra Nevada was drinking. Sierra? Yeah. Stephanie, yeah. you and I yeah, had, it worked out uh, pretty well. pizza and IPA, actually, the other day. Jupiter. Yeah. So pizza yeah, and pizza IPA. and IPA. Okay. Fantastic. So call me stupid. Huh? It's a huh? wiener. Huh? I take it back. I'm the dumbass. <laughs> pizza IPA. Surprise, surprise. Go on. What else? Burgers. Uh depends on what kind but. of burgers. <laughs> That's but. when I think but. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking like a lamb burger or something like that, and I want something that like some gourmet burger, like an okay. like an amber or something. Um, even some of the Belgiums, like a Belgian blonde, I think would be kind of fun. Okay. Um, like a regular burger, though. Yeah. What do I like? Um, it's a good thing they don't serve beer at McDonald's. It's a good thing. <laughs> I, I, I think like they do burger. in Europe, don't they? They do, yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but of course, it's probably some swell. Uh, you know, a good Pilsner, I think, too. Mm. Something clean, something light. You okay. know, but uh, I think a stout could work, too, de- depending, because yeah. why not make some ketchup with beer? and uh, Really? Put, put that, why not? Yeah. I used to do, um, I used to be a chef, I used to do a tomato, rosemary, and cabernet ketchup. On a grilled hamburger, and it was rocking. Wow. That sounds pretty good, actually. (laughs) When are you opening that restaurant, (laughs) Sean Paxson? Sausage. Okay. Again, pretty... uh, Fest. Fest. Um, I think Oktoberfest. I think... uh, Omeritzen. Wiesenbach. I think Um, you've got to go German style with sausage. Yeah. Just to... Hellesbach. Hellas is great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, that's very it, food it's, friendly. It's thick. It's uh, kind of sweet. Yeah. And it'll cut through but the spice clean. and fat. It's yeah. clean, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's turkey. All. Oh, turkey. All right. Turkey. Um, I think a lot of, like, the beers from Belgium, I think, like, the Trappist, I think, are amazing, mm. you know. Um, Just thick and rich. and Thick yeah. and rich and that savory, especially, like, this time of year. I mean, it's like you... You kind of want those flavors that are just kind of like homey and, you know, like a good I sit stew. by the fire with, yeah. Good barley wine, you know. Mm-hmm. Tofurky. Tofurky. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Lots of water. No. Water, yeah. yeah. How about a turducken? Oh, turducken. I love a good turducken. Apple juice. Uh, 
<laughs> Actually, a hard cider would be really interesting. Too. Hard cider. <laughs> Gotta have oh. a cider with my tofurkey. <laughs> Chocolate. Any chocolate. Um, Desserts. Desserts. Hair of the Dog actually makes a great beer called Adam with chocolate. It's pretty amazing. But like your Russian Imperial Stouts, uh, Sean, your your Russian Imperial Stout with the uh, two and a half gallons of espresso. Espresso Stout. That was killer. That was was really good. I think that with chocolate would be amazing. Or even put that in a chocolate cake. Mm. Maybe come with the turkey too, because turkey puts you to sleep and then yeah, I'm awake. It's like Red Bull and beer. Yeah, Yeah, a little speedball. Nice. Sounds good to me. Speed butter ball. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to register a chat user to win in the Conical Christmas. And we're also going to play Stump the Brewer. Stump the Homebrew Chef, I guess, is what it is in this case. So (laughs) stay tuned. It's uh, just a short break, and when we get back, we're going to give away some stuff and have a good time doing it. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Somewhere in Banderma, Turkey. Damn Abaka stream. Haha, <laughs> that Bob. Kalebek, what you do? Oh, hello, Diogo. I am in Brewing Network chat room trying to win conical fermenter. Brewing Network? Aren't that American pigs we hack into like... Did you say conical fermenter? Yes. Twelve gallons stainless steel from beer beer and more beer. Oh, and second one from HCA Industries. How you win? Four ways to win. Listen to live show, participate in chat, listen to archive, and submit name of Sunday live show. Last day to qualify is December 10th. Why you don't just hack homepage again? Our website still broken from last reprisal. Now I just win conical and call it even. Good idea. The Brewing Network Conical Christmas Giveaway, sponsored by morebeer.com and hcaind.com. Don't miss your chance to qualify to win only from the Brewing Network. Well, beer, we've had some great times. When I was 17, I drank some very good beer. I drank some very good beer I purchased with a fake ID. My name was Brian McGee. I stayed up listening to Queen when I was 17.
So bury the hatchet into the ground. I'm just waking up. I'm just waking up now. I'm just waking up now. Listeners, your fourth clue is: think of a young brewing network. And now, back to the brewcasters. What do we got for and now? Is this homebrew? This is homebrew. Finally this is, getting uh, into the homebrew. My Roche for 10 clone with four different kinds of sugar. Really? Yes. These beers have been awesome. What's Thank it a clone you. of? Uh, Rochefort? Rochefort 10. Nice. Man, there's some anger in a chat room tonight. Really? What are they angry about? I don't know what's going on. I started them off, there's I think. There's wild cussing and profanity and Uh-oh. just so much more than usually. What What about? Anything in particular? No, just randomly. Just random just anger. Just random anger. Get some anger there going. Call them out. Who's I'm doing I'm telling you, I think I started the trend because I was all angry about the guy who I think lied about his uh, 300 beers or whatever. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I started it. All right, uh... Got to register somebody, huh? What is this? These are chocolate truffles with uh, Russian Imperial Stout with a vanilla salt on top. Wow. Daniela? Are they good? Oh. Oh, these I haven't had Oh. Chocolate truffles. (laughs) Make a friend. Daniela. Make a friend. You with me? You want to do the the chat giveaway? I want to try this truffle. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It's chat giveaway afterward. You got to put the recipe on the form for this. I can do that. I have the power. I have a stump the brewer while we're waiting for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. A little party in your mouth, huh, Ben, Daniel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reminds you of the old country. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a so vanilla salt to go with that. Kind of cuts the palate a little bit. Yeah, Think dog like that. Oh, yeah. That just cleaned it right up. I mean, vanilla is a flavor that is in so much food. I mean, they've really put that into tons, tons of stuff because it's a flavor we identify with. It's, right. it's home. It's It's comfort. not just plain vanilla either. So. Uh-uh. So it's salty vanilla. Yeah. Why not mix it up? Ready for a stump the uh, chef? Okay. Homebrewchef.com. <laughs> yes. It's a beer question, though. All right. Bring it I've on. I've been brewing for a while. Make sure I can read this writing. Uh, this beer is named after a dino. Is that what? Is that what's going on here? Yes. Okay. Dinosaur. As in dinosaur? Okay. Mm-hmm. Not a dinosaur. This beer is named after a dinosaur. Hoposaurus Rex? Oh, that that would be not stumped because there is I've that, but that that's one. not the one that he was asking for. Although that's a that's a perfectly I mean, legitimate answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the answer was what? What is this? Happy Itchy, dance. icky, icky, mm-hmm. icky, sourus. 
from Great Basin Brewery in Nevada. Not stumped. Not stumped because you did name a uh, a beer and it wasn't specific enough. Nope. Yeah, you should have said. Uh, Get technical. Come on. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. It starts stump- with an I or something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. I still have a shirt to give away for Stump the Brewer, Stump the Chef, Stump somebody. We do it next week. Uh, so, well, if somebody comes up with another one, we'll do that. Are you ready to do our registration, Daniela? Yes. Okay. You have to be in the chat for this registration, and you fo- you folks know those uh, rules. Uh, we've been saying it the whole show long. This will be our last registrant of the live show. The person who gets this answer correct, you have to type it into the chat room. The first person to type it into the chat room will be the registrant. And then, of course, we'll be doing our podcast registration. So, Daniela, please go ahead and type in... The question, and I'm not going to announce it until it's typed into the chat room, and that way uh, it's those people in there who get the first go at it. In the meantime, we're all going to be uh, drinking some beer. So this is your homebrew, huh? This is homebrew. How many different kinds of sugars? Four. What's the uh, What's the idea behind that? Um, well, one, you know, it's not only just fermentable, but there are different flavors, and uh, Brian Macer, he's doing some really cool stuff with uh bringing in some of the sugars that the Belgian monks brew with. So this actually has uh, a couple of those actual sugars. Um, one, it's uh, the rock candy syrup. It's not the the actual rock candy. Um, and there's one, it's like a 16-ounce bottle. They sell it at Beer Beer More Beer and a few other homebrew shops. Um, it's like a liquid syrup, and it, it's amazing stuff. <laughs> this is really friggin' good. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I want some of that. Justin's speechless. Uh-oh. This is a really uh, a nice and 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 it and it looks uh, like like it should. It looks like it tastes like which is she kinda, stole my glass. It looks like liquid caramel. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot going on in this beer, and there's just so there's a lot of flavor. And I would pay eight dollars for a glass of this at uh, my favorite wow, local, she's dancing. local bar. Now I try would, that with the chocolate. You would not spend my eight bucks on that beer. I would. Wow. I would go to the bar and I would see it in line with all the other Belgian beers them. there, and I'd and I'd have them pour me a glass. This is a great beer. I think just uh, I mean one. You know, it's one of the six Trappist breweries, but you know this with chocolate, I think it's pretty amazing. So, this is, am I the only one who thinks this is fantastic? No, it's, in it's here? awesome. No, it's really good beer. Thanks, it's guys. really complex. There's a lot going on. Hey, if, you, if you've ever talked to Sean about the way he treats his beers, most ki- people don't treat their kids as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean he he goes through just these great lengths. Yeah, of everything he does with his beers, he babysits them. He goes out and just sings to them. Sings to them. He <laughs> plays music to them. Whatever it takes. There's no Madonna in this beer. Puts his nuts on the side of the car hey, you know, you know, once a week. <laughs> yeah, the huh? little tea bag. Yeah. 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 The, hey guys, the little little donkey donkey <laughs> in the tank. <laughs> it works. Is, is this the one that's eleven percent? Uh, where's the bottle? Right here. Right here. Uh, where's the bottle? This is eleven percent because the complexity of the of I guess it's the sugars and, and then of it's course a lot of different the, sugars the in the malt really does a good job of keeping that eleven percent at a at a at a, at a minimum. Yeah, well, that's bay, the thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's very Belgian tasting. So yeah, yeah. The, it's actually the uh, thirteen sixty two yeast, the uh, the Rochefort yeast. Yeah, so it's a great yeast. Man, good job. Thank you. Uh, you actually did another part, though. You were talking to me about this in the car. You didn't just use the Rochefort yeast 
didn't you let this uh, sort of spontaneously ferment for uh, 48 hours before you added Oh, these? no, that was the, uh, a different beer. the vanilla hard cider that we're doing. Uh, that will have in a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, I take <laughs> it back then. You're confusing but that's also, him now. I know, sorry. But that's a cool trick. I thought maybe that was one no, of the No, there's one Well, with the he, cider, yeah. He'll yeah. go out there every day and give it a little more sugar. Yeah. And then... Well, the... Uh, every day. The other beer that we have here in front of us um, that just needs to be opened... Um, hint, hint, not judge, wink, wink. Uh, this is... Uh, uh, a 20% IPA, um, kind of in the lines of Dogfish Head. So okay. I continually fed this thing for two weeks. Uh, what was it? Uh, 12 ounces of dextrose every morning and every night. Really? For two weeks. So I started out with 33 pounds of grain. That came out to a gravity, about 10 gallons at uh, 1095. Yeah. And then uh, started hitting it with 23 pounds of sugar. And uh, dry hopped it every day for four weeks. Um, and actually, when I brewed it, I actually did a hop addition every three minutes. So for 120 minutes, there was 40 hop additions. Yeah. It was uh, Amarillo, Simcoe, and Warrior all blended together. Are you listening to this, Sully? He's a smart brewer over here. Yeah. Well, he has a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did we just Too do much the time. food show with you? We got to have you back to do the 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 homebrew show with you. So yeah, you got to drink that beer and because there's something else really good coming along. Yeah. I so. don't I don't want to slam it though. Then get another glass. Get another Give glass. Give it to Daniela. <laughs> we got to do this now. You don't see what's going on here. Uh-oh. I received 705,000 billion wow. Daniela. Daniela, Daniela, do the question, do the That's question. You have wow. no idea what the people are going insane in there. Do you have a winner? No, I didn't even post a question yet because I was waiting on your command. I gave you the command. I said, type it now. Commander. Okay. That's why they're yelling at you, not because we're dicking around. Oh, thanks. Jack. Thanks for the support. <laughs> Give him a different the class. question comes here. Okay. Now the question is in the chat room. <laughs> wow. I thought this whole There's time a whole I just. There's war was... going on on the other side of the counter here. Yes. <laughs> I thought is. I just was lagging on getting to the answer. Code told me I should ban people from the chat room now. Just ban them I don't know how to. <laughs> Were they cussing you. at you? Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> all right, now I, I'm watching the screen as Daniela gets all the answers for this question. They're just uh, they're they're pouring in. It's crazy. It's going to be our last registrant of the day to win a conical, courtesy of Beer, Beer, and More Beer and HCA Industries at morebeer.com and hcaind.com. And thanks to those guys. Nobody knows. They're the ones who you want to send uh, emails to. Uh, go ahead and give the question out over the air now, too. In Daniela's World, Vagarosley, I was talking about a guy in the USA with the largest beer bottle collection, over 11,000 with over 7,000 still unopened. Name the guy I was referring to. I don't accept PMs. Only type into the main chat. Ah, you're very specific this time hello (laughs) (laughs) so you had to have been tuned into the show or you got to be real good at that uh, google function you got there and um, and they love you for bashing on me uh, daniela you need to try this daniela don't be so angry i didn't bash on you any more than you bashed on me well i said but that's legit (laughs) good lord we're gonna arm wrestle for it nobody knows the answer really no I would have thought that they could. Uh, I know. Just do the quick. <laughs> you actually remember the guy's name, Paxton? Isn't it Alan? Don't say his name. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> I was helping it. It's not correct, anyways. Oh, okay. That's a yes or no question. What did you say, Alan? Yes, no. 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 Yeah. <laughs> did I say Alan? Yes. I, I it's not over yet. We don't have a winner yet. So we got to keep uh, doing that portion of the thing. How's our dinner going? Is it going to be ready? Like when we get out of here, we're going to be 
running out of the studio and chowing down? Is that... Uh, well, it stuff is in the oven. It's just ready to go. Oh, that's He's great. not worried about it. It's going to be fantastic. I'm stressed big yeah. time. <laughs> He's really nervous. <laughs> Can I get another beer here, Stat? <laughs> Stat. <laughs> okay. I need to wipe. <laughs> we'll do Stump the Brewers for that shirt, too. 888-401-BEER is the number for that. Yeah, call in for the Uh-oh. Stump the Brewers. So we can do that. There's still no one has the answer yet, huh? Nope. Oh, this is a good They're one. Giving me a lot of different names, but not the one I was referring to What's in the my question? world, Vagarosely. Yeah. The oh. guy with the big uh, beer bottle collection I was talking about oh. with eleven over eleven thousand bottles. What's this oh, other? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there it is. Uh oh. Okay, you got the right one. Yes, I do. Ron Werner is the right answer, and homegrown hops. Got it. All right. Woo. John. Nice work. Homegrown hops. You are now registered to win one of the conicals. I'd like to know if homegrown can actually fit in that conical. Because <laughs> <laughs> he seems to like it's to crawl into his brewing well. equipment. Yeah, that's true. He did do a, like a weird rant about that. So, so is he going to go for the twelve point? I don't know. Gallon? No, he, he had this this Jeez. cool brewing cabinet, like a refrigerator, yeah. and he crawled inside just to see if he could. Yeah, it's very strange. There's a weird fetish going on there. <laughs> well, you know. All right, right. homegrown. It's send Daniela an email. There you go. Daniela at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send her an email with your information and uh, we'll get you registered. That's our last live registration for the week. Caller, you're on the air. What's happening? Stump the brewer. What do you got? Uh-oh. What am I drinking? <laughs> um, wait, 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 uh, no, not Coors Light. barley wine. No, damn. What are you drinking? You're not sending good vibes. Fat tire, huh? Yeah. Where do you live? Detroit. Oh yeah. Someone shipped it in from Chicago. Nice. What's your favorite uh, local beer you can get there? Bell's Oberon. Oh, nice. Oh, good beer. Stuff. A little Great bit of beer. Bell's Brewery. It's some good stuff Great coming beer. out of there. Hey, All right. Justin, you hook me up. I'll send you out some of Larry Bell's 7,000 batch. Oh, really? Is that out? Yeah. What do I got? Well, what do I got to do? Just home. actually send you the shirt Great you just beer. won? No, not the shirt. The conical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, dude. That's going to be a lot. Of, be a lot of bells that you'd have to send for one conical, man. I well, might you, be able to work that out. <laughs> you got to ship the shirt in something. You might as well wrap it in a conical. Yeah. <laughs> that works, That's too. a big shirt, man. <laughs> Alright, I'll tell you what, you're gonna get a a watermelon funk shirt courtesy of John (laughs) Foster and, uh, it's in, in homage to Sean O'Sullivan's great beer that he just did with uh, Very good. at Russian River. Uh, so. Another beer I can't get over here. Another, well, we you know can't what? get it here either. Yeah, most no. people can't get it. It was like a, a really limited edition type of thing, so, um, we'll send you a shirt for it. Okay. Alright, you gotta send Daniela your information. Daniela at thebrewingnetwork.com. Did I actually stomp the brewer? Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Okay. Cheers. Bye. There you go. I think he's hammering. I think he was a little lit. Yeah. I think I got, John, happy. I think I got John Palmer on the line with Ooh, us. Ooh, really? Ooh. Hey, John, what's happening? Uh, we got a bad connection, John. John's a static man. Yeah. Uh. Uh, try to get either try to Skype me again, John, or if you got the uh, the phone, then uh, what, what have I just been handed? It it's looks a little like green a, brain, a giant booger. <laughs> yeah, it's a good ball. <laughs> That's a uh, a key for lime leaf, or a key for lime, not just a leaf, but uh, you are a little different, huh? What is it? It's just a lime. It's a version it's, of a lime. It's a version of a lime they use a lot in Indian cooking. Oh, okay, and uh, southwestern or southeastern kind of style food. Uh, it's kind of fun. I mean, that in a Hefeweizen, that in a Pilsner. Good stuff. 
Use that as a cooking beer? Yeah, I could see that. Something a little different? Yeah, let's try again, John. You there? No. You're not Sounds there. like he's in a snowstorm. <laughs> it's raining bad. I think your Skype's failing, John Palmer. you got to have to do the phone, 888-401-BEER. Use Come that on. Skype out function. See how that works for yeah. me. You can try that. Uh, okay, no. wrapping things up. What's this other beer that you just poured us here now? Another one of your homebrews? Oh. Yeah, that's uh, the 20% IPA. What do you guys think? Smoking, dude. <laughs> it's it really, awesome. uh, it's really viscous and very medicinal. Thank you. Uh, it's almost like you're taking. Uh, I, you know, I've got a little bit of a flu thing going right now, <laughs> and you feel, I think it's actually probably going to help me. Yeah, out. you feel better, right? A warm, I feel great. IPA. <laughs> no, it's almost, it, almost like a muscat. Yeah, it's definitely in the dessert wine yeah. salterns kind of. Uh, to me, this with Fourquois would be just amazing. Yeah, John, you there, brother? Hello. Hey, there he is. Hey. John Palmer. <laughs> Hi. You had to turn that mic on, huh? Yeah, I had the wrong preference stock that was selected. <laughs> John, it's a little too late for the conical, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know you need one. <laughs> hey, How you doing, John? Good. Real good. Good. I was, um, I had a question. Sure. Wait a second. <laughs> Uh, we're making like beer radio history here. John Palmer is calling. <laughs> John's calling our show with a question. I can die and be happy. Yeah, if this show goes off he didn't the say air, it was for you. If this oh, is the, the, the last show we ever do, John Palmer, I, I will die a successful man. It's probably for Sean. What, okay, what's your question? Can you deep fry a brined turkey? Good question. Oh, that's a great question. Um, yes, but you need to be really careful. Um, the problem with uh, deep frying um, is moisture. And, you know, turkeys and chickens, they tend to have that moisture already. And then when you're putting in, you know, a syringe, like the Cajuns, they do this a lot where they'll take a real spicy kind of elixir of different hot sauces and all kinds of stuff and they'll inject it into a turkey. And uh, when you, dri- like, drop it in, you really don't want to drop it. You want to more, like, dip it multiple times. And uh, that kind of, like, takes the steam out because if you just drop that turkey or chicken... Like Right into that fat, hot fat. It just boils and steams and it spurts and it is a fire hazard and a three degree burn. I mean, people really, you know, that is a serious, you know, hot oil is, that's the worst kind of burn you can get. I think Justin was saying, uh, was it last year about this time, how many houses get caught on fire with people trying to Seriously, it's actually pretty cerical. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Silly and I mean, I think they're sober. So you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind the homebrew houses. That <laughs> really trying makes to do you it. wonder. Yeah. But uh, you can do it, uh, John. But the thing is, is that you really need to be one cognizant of how much brine you're actually like injecting in, and two to really wipe and dry the bird first before yeah. we pop it in and dip it. I like to dip it. Yeah. Like yeah because it's like bag. Yeah, it's a total tea bag. You got to tea bag uh, it. You have to be really careful too because um, it gets heavy after a while because you kind of like you don't want to. I mean, it's really it's a dip and it's a dip and it's a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper each time. Yeah. And uh, at the very end, Maybe just slowly yeah. Yeah. pop, pop it in. I did uh, a couple years ago. I did some wild turkeys that I injected with stout and deep fried them. And yeah, it took uh, about that third bird. I really learned my lesson. So, are yeah. you a turkey deep fryer, John Palmer? Uh, well, I haven't done it personally, but when we go up north to uh, Sacramento for Thanksgiving, my brother-in-law does it that way. Oh, I Isn't see. Isn't it great? I mean, 
Oh, yeah. Anytime you can cook a turkey in 45 minutes, I mean, yeah. wow. Isn't it like, though, the Autobahn to heart disease when you, <laughs> when, you, when you deep fry your turkey dinner? Excuse me, I'm passing on the right. It's yeah. actually amazing that it's not well, like uh, You have to think about deep KFC. frying. It's well, the thing is, is that if you have the oil at the right temperature, and that's really the key, is anything above like three like 25 to 340 yeah. and above. I mean, it really is, it's basically sealing. And it, if you, there's been a lot of research done as far as when people deep fry at the right temperature, like 350 is really your sweet spot. Okay. And if you fry at 350 and you measure the oil before and after frying, yeah. you will find that you pretty much have almost the same volume. Okay. Except, I mean, what comes off the food, and if you put it like on a rack with a paper towel underneath it, instead of sitting on the paper towel, yeah, that's really a key trick because it's not sitting in its own oil; it's, it's actually letting it dripping fall. off it, and that's a real key thing because fried Good foods idea. are wonderful. What about uh, uh, since we're talking about it? I feel like a fry cook. Types of o- <laughs> of of oil. I know that there's a lot of talk among uh, even fast food, you know, restaurants who are deep frying tons Lard. of fries and stuff. Well, they're <laughs> well, the best. You know, they first uh, duck fat. No, they well, they move to vegetable and oil, fat. and then they then they, you can move. You can use rice oil. You can use grape oil. You can all these grape sort seed of oil has a higher oil, yeah. burning temperature. Okay. Um, canola can work. Um, peanut, I think, is the preferred. Yeah, I use um, there's uh, the uh, stuff olive. called Frymax. Olive oil, um, it's pretty. Um, it burns pretty easy, especially if it's just like regular olive oil, like extra virgin. You're yeah. wasting your money. Um, Plus, you're going to spend a lot of money to deep fry a turkey in olive look, oil. Look, it's right? once a year. It's, just but go it's for gonna the burn. lard. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to burn. But yeah, um, okay. once a year, you're not going to die. No. Well, what would you recommend then? But like a peanut oil. I mean, okay. go to Costco or your favorite warehouse store, and uh, they have those big five-gallon, you know, things, and uh, yeah. you can save it, strain it. You can reuse that oil if Burn you keep it in it your tight. car. Yeah, exactly. Biodiesel right there. Yeah. Hey, can I oh. out you about your name, John Palmer, that you sent in? Oh. Um, <laughs> can I do sure. that? Yeah. It's, um, I'm usually not on, so. Did you listen to the beginning of the show? No. Yeah, so that's why you don't know what I'm talking about. So my favorite name, I, what I announced in the beginning of the show, my favorite name that we've received so far, but it's also not a qual. I won't qualify it because it, it, okay. it's really funny and clever, but it won't work for the show. John Palmer's the one who sent me Minute Wirt. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great name, John. And I'm like, John, you're friggin' hilarious, dude. That is a great name, but uh, I can't qualify you with it because there's no way I'm naming this show Minute Word. But <laughs> I, uh, if I... I'll be dressed up as the village people in no time. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what I would say. If I hadn't YMCA already named the Friday <laughs> show Lunch Meat, I would easily name that Minute Word. And and I think it's much more clever than Lunch Meat, even. Totally. I would have changed that name in a second. So when we do that competition, uh, you're you're the automatic winner. <laughs> okay. For minute work. <laughs> John's got good ideas, one. man. I like. <laughs> well, hey, it's a great book out there. So now, do you oh, cook? Uh, do you no, cook your book. dinner, John? I do all the cooking in our house, but really? um, yeah. But this Thanksgiving, we're heading up north, so I won't be doing anything. I'll just be standing around offering advice, <laughs> drinking beer. So, do you cook with beer, John? What kind of stuff do you do? Um, I mean, obviously, no, but I. I I come from a a household that abhors beer, unfortunately. So um, Wait, yeah, I don't abhors beer. Abhors. Oh, yeah. I see. Put the A in front of it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. One yeah. I don't get to I don't get to cook with beer. Um, but you can take my crockpot advice. 
where you just, exactly. like, next time that something's cooking, and it doesn't just have to be the crock pot. Like, when the wife leaves the room, just go dump some homebrew in there, dude, and I guarantee she won't even know except that, wow, they, the meatloaf came out really Turned good out this great. time, sweetheart. Well, John, if you're ever in the neighborhood, I'll be happy to cook for you. you uh, that would that would be a true pleasure. I remember the California Homebrew Fest where um, you did the, uh, oh, the, you know, and uh, that Which was... One? Uh, let's see. You were cutting out. It was the yeah. one where you were talking about. It was our phone, the, yeah. Yeah, it was the one we, the, when you were talking about the water. You did the water talk. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. The, the Cajun meal there. That yeah, was yeah. Cajun. I see. Yeah, you actually have my turkey. That's right. Oh, yeah. It was. And, I mean, I was I was so full towards the end of that meal. <laughs> yeah. You Six know, courses, it's, man. It's it's a oh. big dinner. Well, now, I was at the table, and I'm, I'm you know finishing up the last sip of beer, and it's like, okay, guys, I'm done. i got to head back to the cabin. Waddle Lay down for a minute, and then you announce the uh, the fresh pecan pie, and it's like, oh God, here I am, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sitting down. And remember the beignets? Remember, I made homemade beignets. We had somebody yeah. who was cranking them out, and that was a good time. Wow, that was a really, really good meal. Well, thanks, John. I really appreciate it. it means a lot coming from you. I'm going to give my full report in the forum after tonight's meal, so I hope it lives up to all. Not about you, but I'm hungry. Praise. Yeah, I'm getting hungry too. <laughs> cool, John. Thanks very much. My pleasure. The- Thanks for thanks for letting me on the show. No worries. Hey, you can call Skype anytime. I'll deal with all the technical issues to make sure it works for hey, you, my John, brother. John, when are you going to drive up here and actually be on the show? Yeah, we need to get you up here. Um, the, the weekend of January 19th is a possibility. Really? No nice. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's booked. That could totally work out. <laughs> yeah, like, ah, no way, John. No, I can work that out. Let me know. We'll talk. Okay. Definitely. Thanks, John. Okay, take care, guys. All right, brother. Bye. Good dude. Isn't it weird that John's a listener? That's oh, killer. Like, not weird in that, that he shouldn't be a listener, <laughs> but weird that I can't believe that John Palmer is a listener. It's a good thing. We show. have some good so stuff. It's an amazing here, John, thing. Or, yeah. And like I said, if if, uh, if if our studio burns down tonight for like <laughs> like for whatever reason, I take full responsibility. Well, I actually will feel like I've accomplished something because John Palmer called our show to ask With a, a question. question. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Why don't we know. deep fry a bird here and see what make it happen? <laughs> yeah, just so that we can uh, you know quit while we're ahead. Uh, take the lesson that um, you know that one boxing guy never learned. What are you doing the uh, January nineteenth? Find mm-hmm. up a bird over here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it, folks. Uh, if you're a podcast listener, you already know what's uh, been going on, and you're going to have to send us your answer to conical, C-O-N-I-C-A-L, at thebrewingnetwork.com, and that's for your chance to win, uh, to be registered to win one of the conicals we're giving away in the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas. All right, uh, Sean Paxton, uh, homebrewchef.com. Correct. You can go check out the website there, and he's just building it up. But it looks really—it's—it's it's actually a, a great start. Thank and there's you. a couple recipes right there. And you're there's a few adding. things, and there's also some menus on there from some of the passings I've done. In case people have been to uh, my dinner up at NorCal with the NCHF, okay, um, we do that every year. Actually, this up year uh, we're going to be doing our 10th anniversary, so it is going to be wild brews, and we are going to be doing Belgiums. So nice. cool. I've waddled uh, away from a few of those dinners. Oh, I saw you last year. It was, <laughs> <laughs> you liked that, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> so go to homebrewchef.com and keep up to date with that because he's going to keep posting more, and there's already Definitely. a few recipes there. And then tonight's recipes that we've been talking about and that we're going to go try right now uh, are going to be under the uh, food segment of our forum at thebrewingnetwork.com slash forum, or just go to our homepage and click on the forum button, and you can find it all right there. All right? Daniela, how's that chat room treating you now? Not too much better. Still cussing at you? Yeah. 
Are they angry that they didn't register? No, they're not cussing at me. They're cussing at each other. At each other. That's always kind of fun, though. And they're making each other leave and stuff like that. Oh, it's angry cussing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? I don't know. Still infighting? Is it newcomers or is it people like friends that have been friends and now they're drunk? I've received some messages from newcomers. They didn't feel very comfortable and were really offended. Really? Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to eat now. It's a grown-up site, Woo! folks. I do apologize if you were offended, but uh, adult material, adult content, uh, viewer discretion is advised. In, you get into that in chat room, you got to start throwing elbows and knees until you know you're part of it. So hey, <laughs> they're a good gr- they're, they're a good group of people. So I'm not going to apologize for them. They just uh, you know it's uh, it's getting late. You know what? They're only typing. Again. They can't actually you know hurt you. That's right. <laughs> Sean O'Sullivan, thanks for hanging out and doing the shows today. Thank you. It's Hi. always a fun. Are you over there, Sean? I'm here. <laughs> Hey, you wake over there? (laughs) He's hanging in there. (laughs) Let's eat. I got some good comfort food for you, dude. Excellent. Oh, yeah. All right, and thanks again, Paxton. It was a good show, and I appreciate all the info. Uh, And he brought us beer, so we're going to go drink that and and have some food. Is it feed it cold or stir it cold? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sometimes you feed it, and sometimes you starve it. (laughs) Feed a fever, starve it cold. I feel like I should Double answer it just without really answering it. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see you next week with your new chance to win. See you later. Take care. Pastor Daniela with your last clue of the day. The last clue is our gang.